movies with real men, the world's first and only movie talk show podcast, baby. Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. It's an audio recording, you moron, why would we? My name's Andy. With me, as always, is the guy who paved the road to nowhere, Muller. I paved it with my in my Muller home. <laughs> why are you paving roads in your home, you idiot? <laughs> some, this is why it's not going no, anywhere. It, it's on wheels. With us, as well, is the guy who's maybe spent a bit too much time on the Rainbow Road, Braden. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the SNES Rainbow Road, not the N64 one. Yeah, <laughs> certainly not the adult-rated Rainbow Road. I, I assumed it was. Sorry, that was that was. Are the we joke. talking about Mario Kart? Uh, yeah. All the above. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know what other rainbow road there is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Off to a smashing start already. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're definitely not uh, not oblivious here. Um, <laughs> so, how how cold is it outside today? What is it? Uh, I don't know, like ten degrees. Yeah, it's Celsius. Like Celsius. What is so. that? Was that Fahrenheit? Like eighty thousand. I don't know. I don't. Eighty thousand degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> How hot do you think it is in Arizona? In Arizona, right, right, right now, on. I don't know. Like 80, what is it? March. Um, Eighty Celsius. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing. No, it's I probably. No it's probably like twenty-eight. No, nah, I, I think it's like just a little bit warmer. Really? Right no. Anyways. <laughs> so uh, I, I was, assumed <laughs> it was just one of those places that's always ridiculously hot. No, no, it's like it gets pretty cold in the winter. But um, so I was in Arizona visiting my brother. Um, it works at a church there. So um, they have like people who come in and volunteer to uh, come. So there's this group of, there's this group of retarded people. They're coming in and volunteering. It's like probably, I think it's some experience program, right? Helps them uh, do stuff or whatnot. So the retarded people are yeah. volunteering? Yeah. So, oh, okay. uh, and they, so they got like people, you know, who, workers who like come with them and, you know, oh, okay. are responsible for them. So, you know, they're, they're just like cleaning windows and so stuff like that. So they're getting free labor out of them. Yeah. So they're getting <laughs> some free labor. Yeah. I don't know. They're like trying to teach them responsibility. Um, while getting free labor. So, yeah. While getting, <laughs> getting free labor out of them. It's yeah. a big, uh, it's a brilliant. Big sham. <laughs> so, uh, see the ability, Andy, cause, uh, when somebody has Down syndrome, you know, you can know they're still valuable because they have different abilities than normal people. Because you can exploit them for labor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's gotcha. not because they're human that they're valuable. It's because they have abilities that they're valuable. So um, so this dude's cleaning windows. He's, like, right in the middle of, of cleaning this window. Like, his hand is on the window. Like, he's not done yet. And so the older dude who's watching over him or whatever... He's this, like he's not this not retarded guy, you know, just a normal guy, and he's just barking. Get the edges! <laughs> Make sure you get the edges! <laughs> like, 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 as if he's not like, as if the guy, as if this retarded guy thought he was done, and like, you know, and the guy was like telling him to get back. Like, he wasn't. He, he's not done yet. Like, he's still working on it. So and he, so, sorry to pause you for a minute, but this this reminds me of a time. Me and my brother, I'll try to make this quick because you're in the middle of your story and I'm stealing Stand it. Stand behind your story, yes. you jerk. Um, me and my brother went out. Uh, we ordered a pizza and we ordered it for pickup. And we went to the place uh, and we still had like 10 minutes for whatever reason we got there early. So we're, we didn't want to go inside because it was super hot in there. So we just sat out in his car and there was like some teenage girl working there. And she went out uh, just with a little uh, spray bottle and, 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 and a wipe cloth to clean the windows out front. And she, like, sprayed all over, regular-sized open window into a store, sprayed, like, all over it, wiped, like, the top corner, <laughs> and 
and then just walked away. And there, <laughs> it was still like liquid. All of, like she sprayed the, she like drenched the window. Just wiped, just wiped like a little like one by one square of it. And then just walked away. We were just sitting there laughing at how terrible of a job she did. And then well, as soon as we got into this place, this pizza place didn't last very long, by the way. As soon as we got into this place, this lady was like walking with like a, 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 a handful of those uh, like metal pizza trays that you slip into the oven. She just like, like banana peel slipped backwards and dropped <laughs> everywhere. It was incredible. Oh it was um, so funny. Well, this retarded guy was much better at cleaning windows than this <laughs> I girl. I would believe she, it. He, like, he, was, he was doing a fight. So this guy's like, yeah, get the edges. You know, you're missing this or whatever. And so like, so the guy, like he looks back at him and you can, and like, you can tell that he's in a total state of like disbelief, like at this guy. I'm working on it. Mm. <laughs> and like, and he's, just super, he's just super pissed. It, it, it was just really funny because it seemed like he was actually doing a good job and this guy's just running around being a dick to all these retards like yelling at him and making him... <laughs> it's funny because generally when you hire uh, mentally disabled people like that, it's like you're getting most of their wages are paid by the government or at least some of it. So it's like, really, it's like you're helping them out. You're letting them into the workforce and they're getting a wage and you're not paying as much. So it's like, I don't know why someone would be like sitting behind them, like cracking the whip <laughs> on this. It's like, yeah, that's not really the point. I mean, maybe he was trying to teach him, you know, teach him how to do it well or whatever. I just, it just reminded me of like, I don't know. It's like if you, if your dad is ever watching you like work on a chore and it's like, you're not done yet. And he's still, he's already like telling you like you're doing it wrong. Like, oh, you gotta, yeah. you, listen, this, this is how you sweep a floor. It's, I know how to sweep the floor. Like I've been sweeping floors for 20 years. Like I know how like the broom works. Mm -hmm. and, well, let, wait, um, listen, this is how the broom, you have to pull, not push the broom. <laughs> so anyways, that was a funny thing. <laughs> You guys, uh, you guys all have a have a friend that for some reason nobody nobody keeps them in the loop. Like they always find things out late. I think we all have that same friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we probably have one or two of those. So I, I always assumed I was that guy in a lot of my my groups of friends yeah. over the years. Because anytime there's like some weird piece of gossip or whatever, I'm like the last to find yeah. out. Mostly because I don't care. Like people will right. tell me this stuff, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, and it's, so in this case, yeah, and in this case, it was—it's not the fact that, yeah, people just don't care. It's for some reason, mm -hmm. um, he just news just doesn't make it to him. No idea why. I think and, people keep themselves outside of the loop. Like they—they they do things to insulate themselves, and then they're confused as to why they're not like in the loop. Well, yeah, maybe un uh, they're unaware of it that they—they yeah. are doing that. And usually, it's revealed when this friend makes an ass of themselves <laughs> by referring to. This couple that he has no idea just broke, you know, broke up a few days ago. You know, um, we had a guy in. It in, sounds like you're telling a specific story rather than there this is. general, and, like, yeah. oh, you know, like sometimes that person might, uh, well, yeah, you know, you know, have an affair with your wife. Like, not saying any particular story here, just like just a general <laughs> generalization. Yeah, it makes you foam at the mouth. And we yeah. had so this, anyways, this one friend of ours, he uh, for some reason just got left out of the loop with things. Um, I'd seen him time and time again make an absolute ass of himself in front of people. And this one time we were at the gym with a few guys. And um, we were working out. And one of, one of the guys, I'm not really friends with him anymore, but he, one thing I knew about him is that he had a retarded sister. And everyone just knew this. Everybody knew that was his sister. It was this was she good girl at who was retarded windows? at her school. She's probably pretty good, yeah. Probably. And for some reason... No one ever told him that that was his sister, but everybody knew this. So we're what? 
It was weird. Like the guy didn't know who his own sister was. No, no. Our you? our one buddy didn't know who. Oh, okay. Yeah. Your and friend didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> it was just I one of those so things that everybody knew. Oh yeah, that chick, that retarded chick, is this guy's sister. Everyone okay. just kind of mm-hmm. knew that. Cool. And we're working out one day, and he says the guy with the retarded sister says something jokingly, but you know, insulting or whatever to the to the for the friend who gets left out of the loop, and he's like, "Oh, well." I'm going to have sex with your retarded sister. <laughs> and then he looks at him like, why would you say that? Like, that is so gross and mean. And then he just like, was like, just laughed. He's like, what? He didn't even know how to respond. And our buddy looks at me. He's like, what the hell? And I'm like, he has a retarded sister, man. He's like, what? How did, I didn't know this. And I was like, oh my gosh. So anyway. He's like, if I had known that, I would have gotten her clean to my windows ages ago. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was pretty good. Uh, do you guys want to hop into some movies here? Or? Cut the bullshit. I want to hop cut inside the, the movie. Cut the, the mole. Four, cut the foreplay. Cut the mole shit. So <laughs> we should, man, I don't know. Should we explain No, no, no. no. Let's just get going here. So you got uh, I, I hear you're bringing in a movie today, and uh, it seemed to me like it was a movie that you kind of liked. Though, yeah, it like, is. Just like, just like all I think what's been happening is Braden's been getting such blue balls from all his most hated movies. He just talks about how great they are and how much he loves them. And uh, maybe we should actually just explain why. No, no, no. I don't I, think I, it's yeah, outrageous. I don't think you are. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, I finally let Braden off the leash. I said, "If you just love, why don't you just bring in a movie that you just love? Then, if you, if a you movie that so you're not badly, hate. yeah, that's kind of what we're all doing. If you, if you didn't pick up on that." Yeah, we're all talking about movies we love. How week. dare you explain what's going oh, on? Yeah, I hate don't you explain. For this. Just ruin your bit. Okay, so this I is will. Is a movie you don't hate? Uh, correct. It's a movie I love, and I'm going to do kind of <laughs> kind of what Andy did last week. Andy's I'm going to reveal squirming the... in his seat right now. He's, he hates using the word love. I don't <laughs> like the word love. It just sounds lame. Okay, well I'm going to because <laughs> not I hate. It. Um, I'm going to do a spectrum of things in the not okay. hate. Sure, um, I'm going to do what you did last week, Andy, and reveal the title at the end. Okay. Uh, of my, I thought I was going to do this. synopsis. Crap. Okay, I'm always, so this setting, is, this always is, set in trends. So this is your uh, what is what, what is this segment? Oh, I'm, uh, you're we're going to get there. Your most not hated movie ever of the week. He's building hey, up just to let that, me, you shithead. Talk, dude. All right, let's Jeez. go. Okay. <laughs> After years of righting the world's wrongs, fighting evil around the world, our hero decides to retire in order to spend more time raising his daughter. Retirement ends early when his daughter is taken from him. <laughs> our hero has 11 hours to get his daughter before it's too late. Wait, wait, that's not right. In the movie Taker, they clearly established that he has 96 hours to find his daughter or he'll lose her. Why don't you check your facts? Listen, dweeb, Taken is just a ripoff. I'm talking about a real man who is really dangerous, a man that could and does single-handedly take on a small army just to get his daughter back. A movie so good, so perfect, that no sequels, prequels, spinoffs, or reboots were made. The very idea of a follow-up is just too terrifying for film studios. My most beloved movie ever. Most not hated movie ever. Of the (laughs) the week. week. Is Commando! Oh, good. Yeah, they're actually passing in Canada. They're they're passing this uh, law, too, called Commando 103. 
Uh, if you say anything bad about Commando, uh, you can get arrested. <laughs> they can Fucking the finally. job. The job lynch mob will come and take <laughs> yeah, your job. That's right. Not that anyone has ever said anything bad about Commando, but just we gotta you know, just the thought we gotta, of it we is we a gotta, problem. Yes. We got to be proactive here. That's and make right. Make sure that there are laws in place to protect us for when that does happen. Yeah, we got to. I couldn't send it better myself. So, uh, Commando, I, I genuinely believe, is the greatest action movie ever made and the greatest movie ever made. Which I've always thought is a little... I love Commando, but I don't know, greatest movie ever. It's, it's pretty my, good, man. Not even my favorite Arnold movie ever, but... Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Andy, you're insane. <laughs> I'm already talking smack about Commando. Lock me up. Ah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Let's take what, this guy's job. What makes Commando so great? There's a few things Commando does very well that a lot of, I guess, movies in general, but action movies do very poorly or, you know, try to do well and they just suck at it. Commando has a ton of memorable characters in it. Mm -hmm. Who are your favorite characters in Commando, guys? Uh, Jenny. Awesome. Jenny's <laughs> awesome. I mean... Uh, she pushes that ice cream cone into Arnold Schwarzenegger's right. face. It's hilarious. <laughs> anyone, anyone whose favorite character in Commando isn't John Matrix is a little <laughs> fucked in the head. But yeah. I don't Bennett. know. Sully's pretty cool, my, though. My go, my go if, if, we, if we just kind of Hall of Fame John Matrix, you know, you can't... Sure. That's can't, Arnold. Can't, like, compare yeah. anyone else. But, yeah, Sully's the standout to me. Yeah, exactly. And How do we describe these people for people who've never seen? Go watch Commando, Sully. man. <laughs> yeah, go just go watch it before I'm you not, listen, Sully's, listen to this Sully's, episode. Sully's one of the henchmen in the movie. He's he's one of the bigger henchmen. He's not the main villain or anything, but, but he's just a little skeevy guy. And John Matrix is the main. Is character. Arnold yeah, Schwarzenegger? Yeah, movie. I have to explain. Yeah, I know. Matrix if you haven't seen is, Commando, just pause. Listen, you pause here. the episode. This is 2017. This isn't like lots of people listening to this that show may very, not have grown up true. when Commando was coming out. There could be people who were born in 1997. That movie came out the year I was born, man. I didn't grow. It was what 84, 85, 85. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. Born, born yet, so I didn't grow up watching Commando. Yeah, I didn't see till I was 15. But I made damn sure everybody <laughs> I met after I saw that movie well, watched Okay, Commando. so not everybody listening to this podcast knows you so that you I'm would have saying. sat down and watched Commando with them like you did with me. So. I'm just explaining it's my experience. Un unacceptable for someone to have not had a childhood that didn't involve Commando in some way. Yes, yeah. my childhood is unacceptable then. <laughs> you, yeah, Your childhood, you the more I hear about it, the more I do think it's unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. So, so compare the characters in, in Commando to Taken, not to Taken. Three, you could sure, but more like these other action movies. Like we talked about Expendables earlier. Oh, Fast God. and the Furious is full of generic good guys and bad guys. You very forgettable. They all. Just I, don't know, soon, I don't know what the characters in soon to um, be in Fast and Furious are. Soon to be good guys and bad guys with space suits on. Yes, hopefully. And and Suicide Squad, a, a movie that's it's like a character movie. Yes. And I, at the end of the movie, I didn't give a crap about <laughs> anybody in that movie. Like the most, I don't know. I felt like just shellless performances. No, it's like maybe Harley Quinn, but it might just be because she's hot. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that's about it. Though. I mean, Jared Leto was okay. a cool character. Like, yeah, I think so. in yeah. Any, in any other properties I've seen her in. And yep. the, the eight minutes that Jared Leto's in is but is sex okay. five. A, there's at least a personality there, whether it's a likable. There, there was right. something was written down about that character. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So, Commando has awesome characters in it. The story is very straightforward, easy to follow. Doesn't trip over itself. You're not confused. It's awesome. Guys kidnap his daughter. Tell him we'll give your daughter back if you commit this assassination. He says nope. 
He weasels away out of it, kills everybody in his path, gets his daughter back. Yeah. Awesome story. You don't you don't even need to see Commando now. <laughs> yeah, don't even no, bother. You should, you should still watch it. It's, it's all about the story. You pretty much did just break down the whole script. That's the whole, well, story. That's the whole script of the, of the movie you just <laughs> broke down. So. Yeah. Wait, is, is that, isn't there other scenes in Taken? Like, oh, wait, we're talking Take, about Commando. Yeah. Sorry, I got confused. <laughs> well, you think about, like, Taken's not that confusing. I mean, in, in Taken, you're like, okay, how are they doing this? What's happening? But, like, one movie that pops to mind where I watch it, and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on ever is... All the Born Identity movies. When I watch those, <laughs> I have no clue what's happening on the screen at maybe, all. Yeah, maybe they, maybe you should head over to Alzheimer's Anonymous and I've seen so the that you'll first. Know. Matt Damon should do that too. I've seen the first two of those, but remember not for a while. But isn't like part of it like a weird convoluted mystery thing? I well, remember, he, yeah. like he doesn't know who he is, right? Yeah, and he's, he's like lost his memory. Yeah, so. yeah, that's the, and the you're watching it from one. his perspective for the most part. So yes. yeah, I guess. But you like the the first one isn't as egregious, but. Uh, two and three, like I don't know how many there are now, but when I watch the sequels to those, those get like super shaky cam. I and never all that. found those movies, the two that I saw, that great. I didn't find them terrible, but I just remember thinking, no, oh, okay, they're not that great. And then yeah, like it, it's it's it didn't invent it, but it's pretty much what what kicked off the zoom in oh, shaky cam yeah. fight scenes, which is the worst. So maybe I do hate those movies. Yeah, good. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's the next thing I was going to talk about is the fight scenes in Commando. Now they're not anything. You know, nothing to write home about, but you you can tell what's happening. And Arnold's a brute. He's, yeah. he's fist fighting. Guys. I was about to say Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't need great fight no. choreography. It just needs him. He's just... fist fighting these big guys. Yeah, and that's all it is. And the fight scenes are enjoyable. They're realistic. You can get behind it. Again, they have like, all these awesome trampoline springboard things. So yeah, when guys grenades. get a, once guys get blown up by a grenade, they get launched into the air <laughs> over awesome. over a bunch of bushes. It's great. Yeah, you got guys falling off of roofs constantly in this movie onto, you know, behind things, but, like, falling 30, 40 feet off of things. Actual stunts. I so love the bluntness of, like, towards the end of the movie, like, three-quarters in when he's, like, storming the enemy base, and he just has a huge, like, machine gun. Yeah. Like, like with, like, a big string of bullets coming yeah. off the side that he's holding, you know? It's yeah. not a clip, and it's, it's like, like he's a just, big... He's just one-arming it, and it's just, like, just shooting this thing, just, like... Not taking cover, not anything. Yeah, he Everyone's doesn't. Everyone's There's dying, no strategy like, yeah, for the most so part. Yeah, the like, bluntness of that, uh, in 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 line with just Arnold's general look of how much of like a monster of a human being he is, yeah. is, is perfect. Yeah, like there's a part at the end where he's he's kind of taking cover and he has his arm. So he's laying on his stomach with an AK-47. So you gotta imagine how hard that would be. He's laying on his stomach, <laughs> holding his arm out, one arm in an AK, and just firing at guys. <laughs> You'd have to be I, so strong to do that. I do love one of my favorite things about Commando, and it, it happens immediately. Is is just the absurd display of strength they show Arnold to have. Like first, first thing in the movie, he's like outside of his like log house, or oh, like yeah, wherever it yeah, is, yeah. chopping down trees. He chops yeah. down like an entire tree log, and then just picks it up and one arms it over his shoulder <laughs> and he's just walking. Yeah, so good. Dude, that tree log would be so fucking heavy. Like, maybe someone could lift it. There are some strong men out there that lift a lot, but they're not one-arming it over their shoulder. No. Like, I just, I, I mean, it's probably a prop, I have to assume. Oh, it's that definitely it's... a prop, but I just love that, that that's, yeah. that's their portrayal of this character. It's perfect. This, I absolutely This movie love it. has one of the greatest opening scenes ever. Like, the, the opening is just a montage of him doing stuff like that. Playing with his doing daughter. Doing man stuff. Well, no, the yeah. actual opening is a bunch of guys getting killed right off the bat. Yeah. 
Oh, right. show a bunch of guys die, and you don't quite know what's happened. Yeah, and then oh, it goes to Arnie. No, isn't it the garbage men? Yeah. It's, isn't it just one guy die? No. No. Then the guy goes to buy a car. He dies. Oh, right. And Bennett, who you think dies, goes onto the boat that blows up. Okay. The guy's got the huge uh, the huge remote that he presses the, the, giga- the gigantic button to blow it up. You yeah. Remember that? Or you, you don't see the button, but he... He's got this huge remote he's barely holding with both hands. And you can tell he used <laughs> both thumbs to press it down. Brayden looks like he's trying to eat one of those like burgers that are like, you know, the patty challenge where they did the burger so big you can hardly yeah. he's got his hands, just can't even fit it. Trying Imagine to press a burger with this. an antenna coming out of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a twenty foot sub. Anyway, yeah. So but yeah, other than that, the opening scene's hilarious. With it. It's it, like, oh, he's big, but he's he's a softie. It's, yeah, it's just a montage of him playing with his daughter and doing stuff out in the woods. Yeah, like chopping down a big a big yeah. tree or mm-hmm. getting ice cream smushed into his face by his daughter and he laughs like really hard with this cheesy mm-hmm. laugh or I don't know it's it's a it's a pretty wonderful montage yeah no I love it it's great and the um like the like I, I refer to the fighting scenes there and you get these other movies like Taken Born Identity where it's just like you don't know what's happening. Oh, like your average person, I guess, sits there and thinks, oh, this is so cool. But I'm like, no, Liam Neeson's old. They have to do this so it makes, it makes it look like he's kicking guys' asses. But all he's doing, like, it'll be like he throws a punch and then it cuts to, like, all these different angles and he's throwing guys. And really what, what happened is, like, he's just going, uh like throwing an arm. No one can see you, by the way. And I, well, I don't know how to explain this. <laughs> like, Slowly pushing uh, his arm forward. He's got a lot of is, actions going on. All he's doing yeah. is like throwing, he's probably throwing just a punch and then like, you know, easily grabbing a guy's knife and disarming. Like it's probably just like a regular actions, but because they cut it so widely, it makes this like 60 year old guy look like he's this kung fu yeah, expert. It's just, yeah, it's just over, faking it. Overall, when I see that sort of stuff, I always just assume they're just skimping on on the action choreography because it's a lot of work and whatnot it's like all right well let's just throw some super simple like slow yeah. punch moves where they're like four foot away from each other but we'll shoot it from behind so it looks like they're closer and, and then zoom in like crazy so you can just see like a collection of limbs flailing about while the camera yeah. cuts a million times it's just lazy yeah i yeah. I, I don't know if it's lazy or if it's a budget thing or if it's yeah it's like with taken it's you have an old man as your protagonist trying to do yeah. these things so it always sucks though yeah, well, then you get another guy who um, Keanu Reeves, who's like he's not that young, but in these last two John Wick, I mean, movies, he's got to be pushing fifty now. Yeah, he's he's close to fifty, and he's kicking ass in John Wick. He has he's a awesome. lot of martial, like legit martial arts training. Yeah, I guess after all these Matrix and <laughs> yeah. other movies he's been in, he's probably well equipped. But that's another one where they they actually film him just fighting guys. You know, they they don't move the camera around that oh, much. I love the way those movies are it's shot. Excellent, it's so great. Yeah. Um, the you guys uh we were talking about the opening scene and i was looking i so i rewatched this last night and how long do you think it takes for things to kick off in commando oh like less than 10 minutes what about you like mom? eight minutes it's like okay. like to kick off like like, like the main conflict like or his, his, daughter, his daughter's taken die. he's driving down that hill in the truck yeah it's totally within 10 to 12 minutes it's 11 minutes oh, yeah. 11 minutes oh, i watched taken Glad the other I added night that to 12 yeah <laughs> i watched taken the other night and dude it was like over half an hour before things happened and i was like so i don't true. care so about typical. liam neeson and his daughter and that we're supposed to feel bad because he's a crappy dad and that, oh, we got to show him beat a couple guys up in his other job so and, we know he's tough. And like, keep in mind that, like, 
it's not 11 minutes into Commando where someone dies. It's, no. it's 11 minutes before the main conflict takes well, people off. People the story is going. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, and, and before yeah. that, I think probably like 10 people die already. A bunch of people have died at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, weird because like in Taken, they have to set up that because they set up a thing where like he he does a job and you see him beat up a guy. It's like, oh, now I know he's tough. But it's like, why don't you just leave that a mystery? Leave the whole thing like skip right to your daughter getting kidnapped. We know nothing about this dude, and they just have him slowly, you know, go kill these dirty Albanians. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, they waste so much time on like story, like. I got, I got to it mention. It frustrates me, man. So I love the opening scene of Commando where yeah. uh, it's the garbage men, right? So they they drive up to this guy's house, and this guy's he's in bed with his wife, and he hears the garbage truck. He's like, "Oh crap! It's garbage day!" You know, I gotta. He so he quickly hops out of bed to bring out his garbage can, uh, for and then they then they mow him mow him down. Yeah. You know, he comes out. He's like, "Oh guy, sorry, I, th- I thought you guys forgot about me." And the cook goes, "Don't worry." We won't. They, <laughs> they both, both of them pull out their guns and <laughs> they light Uzi's. them up. But I just love the idea that they were counting on him to like wake up and like bring out this yeah. garbage can. Like like uh, that they counted on him to kind of forget to bring out his yeah, garbage. They set up this, this whole complicated yeah. garbage. <laughs> they like can stole a garbage truck. Yeah, yeah they like the other oh, dressed up as yeah. garbage men. They knew everyone's the garbage. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, they knew the whole schedule. They knew what day to come <laughs> and what time. Why don't they just run into his house and mow him down? Like it's Yeah, it's not like it was a covert thing. They just Shot him in the middle of the street. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, that level of just unnecessary detail is, I think, a big part of what makes Commando so great. It's awesome. <laughs> um, the so the action kicks off like well, it kicks off right away, but the story gets going eleven minutes in, yeah. and like they they invade his house and take his daughter, and um, I feel like the one of the other awesome things about Commando is that there's action in this movie. <laughs> Do you know how many freaking action movies don't have that much action? Yeah, like it's, it's brutal. Like remember Lucy, oh, where like yeah. they toted it, toted it as. I, I felt like there was going to be a lot of fighting in that movie. When yeah, I, saw the I felt that. the same way, but I couldn't. I couldn't figure out if it's because I wasn't paying attention or not, <laughs> and I just saw the movie yeah. on a whim. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like you mentioned stuff like Taken and and all these movies. They take way too long to get going and 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 bog you down with details where it's just like you only needed like one line. Yeah. You didn't need an entire scene. I, I haven't seen Taken, but I've seen. I've only seen Taken 2 because I just don't oh, fucking dude. care about the yeah. franchise. But I just remember the beginning of that. It's like starting and he's like swinging by his ex-wife's house and they're having a conversation in the kitchen. And then they go on vacation somewhere. It's like, oh, this is taking forever. This is taking yeah. forever. <laughs> um, That's what I, it should be called. So taking forever. Probably the base point of all of that is to say that uh, Commando knows what it is and it does what yes. it is well. Whereas yeah. you talk about Lucio, is it this action movie or is it this movie that's based on some science thing where we're going to get into science? Yeah. And it's like, well, well, we didn't do either of those right. <laughs> um, and 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 we didn't even choose one thing to do well. Yeah, if there's if there's one thing I could say about Commando, it's it's exactly what you said. It knows what it is. And yeah. it it embraces what it is. Yeah, it and, and takes I think it and runs away with it. So, Commando, as all like we mentioned with the garbage truck thing, and many other things in the movie are kind of these silly things, right? And mm-hmm. you're able to do something silly like that because you know what it is. It's mm-hmm. an yes. action movie. It's meant we're meant to have, people are meant to have fun when they, they watch this movie. Know what people are coming there for? Yeah, they know what people are coming for, there for. So uh, the boundaries of what decisions that you make. You know, doing silly things, having a funny soundtrack with steel drums going the whole time. Every, basically every single line being a one-liner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything. Yeah, it's 
if you don't know what you are, like then you, yeah, you. I think I think you just kind of revert to that dark, gritty garbage. That's like the modern equivalent of a lack of focus. Is just oh, it's another, it's a yeah. dark and gritty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess. And so, onward, onward. So the one-liners are awesome in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> I had a feeling. I think it's like it probably up. the best compilation. If you had to pick one movie, yeah, and you, only one movie, it's Commando. Do you guys have a favorite one-liner? Uh. The I'm one that f- just from the whole movie or from John Matrix himself? Oh, any, both, all. Well, uh, <laughs> my my favorite line, and it's my favorite line because of Arnold Schwarzenegger's del- it's Arnold Schwarzenegger's greatest delivery. Uh, it's when he uh, when, he's, find- when he drops when Sully. he finally <laughs> catches Sully. Okay, he- we, we should describe this scene. So, so he's the- he's chasing this henchman and 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 he crashes his car and then. He he crashes Sully's car and then he pulls him out of the car and they're they're like on a cliffside road. So he lifts up Sully, who's just a scrawny little dude, and he lifts, lifts him, him up, lifts by, him the up by the leg, like right right at his ankle over the cliff with one arm. Yeah, he says, "Oh, Sully, <laughs> this arm. is my weak arm." And <laughs> yeah. <he holds> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and then That's so funny. and then earlier in the movie when they first sort of. Uh, Forced John May forced Arnold into this scenario where he has to, where he has to help him save his daughter. Uh, he says, says to Sully, "He's like, I like you, Sully. I'm gonna kill you last." And then, so at this point in the movie, when he's dangling him over the cliff, uh, he's like, "Hey, Sully, remember when I said I would kill you last?" And Sully's like, "Yeah, Matrix, I do." He's all scared and shit, and Arnold's just like. I lied, <laughs> and, and he just him up. and then drops him, and it's just. It, I honestly think it's it's Arnold Schwarzenegger's yeah. best line delivery. It's it's. I love it. I laugh every time I see it, but it's also intimidating at the same time. Yeah, it's we, great. We better Fucking watch Commando perfect. later. We should. And the movie dummy, the movie dummy of Sully is hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty great. Oh uh, yeah. Dude, do you want to talk about how great movie dummies are? <laughs> is, there, is there a few in this in this movie? There's a yeah, few there's a few. There's the one where, where Arnie jumps out of the plane when it's taken oh, off. Yeah. And it's a blatant movie dummy oh, yeah. just dropped from the plane. Yeah, so there's a scene where, uh, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger's... I'm just going to say he's being kidnapped because it's probably too hard for me to explain the, the actual... Sure. Yeah. But he's he's being taken a hostage or whatever. So he just, he just hops. He's on a commercial plane. Yep. Just hops into uh, the underground part of the plane or whatever it's like called. Like where the, the wheels tuck in. Yeah, where the wheels tuck in, and then just jumps <laughs> jumps out into a swamp. Yeah, <laughs> like he's the like plane. Hundred feet in the air. Yeah, the plane's just taken off, so so it's already raising up, and then this great movie dummy. I don't know what's so great about movie dummies. Like the there's thing something that's great about movie dummies. They're great because they're awful. Yeah, ninety percent of the time. There's a couple exceptions, but. Uh, which is just great about them because they always use them when they're like falling or dropping them down a cliff. And depending on how long they decide to sh- to f- to have the shot follow the dummy, it's like the thing about movie dummies is like their arms just kind of <laughs> they just start yeah. going in any direction, whatever where, whatever direction the the wind resistant pushes them. And there's like such an awful fakeness to them. <laughs> and if the movie is bold or dumb enough to. Uh, to follow the shot all the way to watch the movie dummy land, the limbs are just so like <laughs> awkward and just flail about in a way that just looks horrible, but it's always fucking hilarious. And I love movie dummies for that because it's hilarious. I don't love them because they're good. I love them because they're horrible. <laughs> and there's got to be like at least five movie dummies in this, in Commando. I, I there's only, a lot of people I falling. only remembered the Sully one and then... And, and then, then the Arnold one. And the, and the Arnold one when you mentioned it. I don't remember any others. 
I we'll have to get a yeah. Somebody email us with a movie dummy count. Uh, all you <laughs> well, there's once you watch there's Commandos. stills. There's like mannequins when he's blowing up the buildings at the end when he's doing his last stand, kind of, and he's going after them, and all the buildings are blowing up. Oh uh, yeah, there's like there's like mannequins of that. soldiers standing outside of. And they're supposed to be soldiers, but they're clearly just you can guys. see the stands that they're yeah. leaning up against. <laughs> <laughs> um, just a side note, though, on like to note it, an exception to the horrible movie dummies, uh, like some of the greatest movie dummies I've ever seen. Among uh, lots of the other greatest things that this movie does is the movie dummies in Fury Road. Like a lot of the times when you see oh, yeah. like the, oh, war, yeah. the war boys being thrown out of the car and then they they like land on the dirt at like high speed. It's actually a movie dummy. And it's something about it. You can tell they restricted like how much its limbs move around. Yeah. I thought they were really real. Like I couldn't tell. I I, I thought they were real until I saw the behind the scenes footage of of it. Those movie dummies Mm -hmm. are fucking excellent, but that's not why I love movie dummies. (laughs) I love them because most of the time they're fucking awful. Yeah. And Mad Max Fury Road is a perfect example of a, of a modern action movie that has a straightforward story. Awesome stunts. Waste no Great time. Fighting. No time is wasted. You're from like the drop, like the second the color hits the screen, you're you're enveloped for I don't know how long it is, like 90, 100 minutes. I think it's just over two hours, like two hours. Just, and four is it minutes. really? Yeah. It doesn't feel yeah. like it. Like you're on the edge of your seat the whole feels time. Feels like it's, fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It's the fastest two-hour movie you'll ever see. Ever. By the time like it gets, I know we're just going off on Fury Road yeah, here. It's all good. By the time it gets like to the the crazy dust storm, and it feels like about eleven minutes has gone by, and you're like, "Oh, this is the craziest movie ever." <laughs> you realize actually like forty-five minutes have gone by. <laughs> it's just been the most exciting forty-five minutes you've ever seen in a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that movie wastes no fucking time whatsoever. Every every like millisecond is is important mm. in that movie. It's yeah. insane. Unless you're a complete idiot, of course. Unless you're a moron and don't understand visual story. Yeah, doesn't. Oh, Mad Max didn't have a story. Nothing happened in that movie. Perhaps we should talk about Fury Road on another. Yeah, day. I know. I know we don't like. Hand. I know we don't like to tease. We could probably talk for a good two hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, we might have to like Terminator Genesis that one, but in a, in a <laughs> loving way where we just dedicate an episode to it because it's brilliant. We could. Anyway, but back so, to back to Commando. The last That's thing I want to touch about. on um, it was something you you told me a few years ago, Andy, about one of the reasons you really like the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, mm-hmm. The hero in the Dark Knight, Batman. The the good thing about that, and again, we, we did crap on it a bit, I think it was last week for starting this whole dark trend. Yes. Um, the one awesome thing about it is that Batman himself, uh, when his life is, like in the movie, he's obviously trying to take out the Joker, trying to take out Bane. There are glimpses in that movie where you genuinely feel like he might not do this. Like mm-hmm. you actually feel, it feels like he, he might die. He might fail. Fails may be the best word for that. Sure, I and I agree, but I don't know if this was me that said this. I don't. You did, this. did I? You okay. did. Yeah, we I talked say, about. I, it. I say a lot of things. And <laughs> you were like, "That's why I f- like this movie." You know, I connect with it a lot better than I would uh, a Marvel movie where they might try to be dark and gritty. Even if they don't, it's like it's a it's a freaking bright and happy Marvel movie. They're not going to die. Like you don't for a second believe. Yeah, I guess that's mostly with the Dark Knight because I remember I didn't really feel that with Bat- Batman Begins. Felt like a more traditional superhero movie. It did, Still yeah. a bit darker and and a much better take, but. Felt a bit darker. Uh, the third one, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. It's still a decent movie, but uh, I didn't feel as compelled by it. But the Dark Knight especially, yeah. It's like mm-hmm. it felt dark. It felt like it could end in a dark way. And it's like, yeah, you genuinely didn't know if he, if, if Batman could pull mm-hmm. off what he was trying to do. And he kind of doesn't. Like he, he succeeds at the end of the movie, but things are a little flawed. Like yeah. the Joker kind of got away with a lot of his plans, especially with yeah, in relation did. to Two-Face. 
Yeah, he did. And the um, the thing in Commando that I, I love is like you don't you don't for a second like John Matrix John Matrix gets wounded uh, when he's fighting Bennett and yep. and all that, but you don't for a second believe he's gonna die. And the reason no, throughout that, the whole rest yeah, of the movie, even, he, he yeah, just even killed a small army <laughs> like, before he went to fight Bennett. And but the reason you believe that, or, or for me, the reason I'm okay with that is because. The movie is self-aware. It knows what it is. Yeah, I was about to say, it's the movie knowing what it is and and, what its main character is. And you're rooting for him. You just want to see this guy just kill people, and it's awesome. And it's like when I go in to see a Marvel movie, I'm going to go see this movie about the Hulk, who's this giant, boring dude, just kill people. I'm like, that's not fun. I don't want to see an invincible guy I don't care about. Those fucking Marvel movies, like, they go way into these characters. They they spend so much time into these characters that aren't interesting. If you mm. don't have a character that's that interesting, don't go too far into him. Like John Matrix, like I love John Matrix, but like there's not a lot of depth to his character. No. I don't want to see you go into like how he came to be, what he is. These Marvel movies, like I don't give a fuck about Captain America. I fucking hate him. He's the most boring character. It's like I don't <laughs> want to spend any time uh, yeah. dealing with the drama of his life. It's so fucking uninteresting. Just cut to the fucking chase. It's a comic book movie with a pretty flat character. Just get to it. Yeah, and I, yeah, that's what Commando does. It knows that it doesn't have a, a, exactly. a deep character per se. It's a great character, but not necessarily yeah. a deep character. So they just cut right to it. Yeah, like I and said, that's like why I said earlier, like yeah. the thing you can say the most about Commando is that it knows what it is in all yeah. aspects of action, character, yeah. story, length. It knows what it is. And if you watch like the behind the scenes stuff with like the with the director and all the film crew, they all say that they're like the one thing we wanted to to focus on was this action movie. Was a straight was just a straightforward fun action movie, and uh, we're not taking ourselves seriously. Was the was the line the director said in the feature I watched last night, and um, I was like, yeah, you can tell through the whole movie they don't take it too seriously. They take it seriously enough in that you know there's again the every the movie's done well in the sense that there's good fighting, there's real stunts, like there's care in it, but it's not. Um, you know, it's cheesy in all the right ways. Yeah, yeah. I think this movie it was. I always think of this movie as peak Arnold. This is yes. like them. Arnold has been established as this, as like the greatest action star ever at this point. Like we've already got Terminator. Yeah. We've already got Conan, uh, Predator. Predator ha- had, hadn't come out yet. Was it not? It was 87, no. wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Just watched but yeah, he'd been in too. Terminator most recently. But yeah, it's like this was peak Arnold where it's like, these are all the things that everyone loves about Arnold and Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. So this movie is going to be all of that. It's yes. going to be cheesy one-liners. It's going to be big, sweaty, muscly dude yeah. taking on an entire army uh, without even trying. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's it, it's peak Arnold. It's just Arnold amplified up as as much yeah. as as he could possibly go. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's um, I don't know the the first time I saw this movie, I was hooked. I was like, how have I not seen this movie? It is easily Arnold's like best. It's like the be- the ultimate like if you want to know who was Arnold Schwarzenegger in like the action world, mm-hmm. this movie sums it up perfectly. Yeah, it was for me uh, of like the Arnold classic movies. It was probably the the last that I saw. You know, mm-hmm. I, like I'd obviously seen Terminator, like Total Recall, sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, Predator, and 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 all of these. I think I was late into the game in Commando. Like I don't think I saw Commando until I started hanging out with you, which yeah, was right. you know we've been friends for a while now, but. You know, not when I was not in the '90s when I was growing up or anything. Right, so, right. well, I didn't. I don't even think I saw this till high school. But like I said, I made sure I, I was, I was preaching that commando gospel. In a way, despite despite it. how big it is, it it is kind of swept under the rug. It is. I, I think yeah. it's just because of how many 
fucking 80s movies they were just pumping out yeah. every year in just even just with Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. alone and that one yeah that one kind of gets uh uh forgotten about it does and the other thing uh this is kind of slightly off topic but Bill Paxton died you know, a couple few yes. weeks ago, and everyone's like, "Oh man, it's just so sad." And it is. I like Bill Paxton, but yeah, I, I I kept every time someone posted on it, I'm like, "No one's talking about him in Commando because he plays a very bit part in Commando." I don't even yeah, I yeah. don't even remember him in Commando. Yeah, he works as like when um so when John Matrix and I think her name's Cindy, the main character. I always just think of her as Radon Chong, which is her real name. Yeah, she's in like Quest for Fire and a bunch of other mo- less important movies. Yes. And they're they're flying away on a plane, and they're in, you know, uh, waters that they should or flying over airspace they shouldn't be. So they get a, they get radioed by like the, the army or the navy. I don't even know who uh-huh. air force. And they're like, hey, uh, you know, you you got to land your plane. You can't fly here. And that's Bill Paxton. And oh yeah, I yeah. think I remember you pointing that out to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's great. And he's also in Terminator at the beginning of Terminator. Is one of the punks. So I like, yeah, hey, I remember. Got, I remember that quite he's, distinctly. He's Carl Salesman in uh, in True Lies. I haven't, he's in all True Lies movies. I need to rewatch. I have not seen it since it first came out. It's been on my True list Lies to rewatch is a, for it's a while. Good. It holds up. Yeah. And uh, slightly off topic, but nobody ever talked about Nightcrawler. I thought he was awesome in Nightcrawler. But. Yeah. I remember I, I didn't know. I, I knew next to nothing about Nightcrawler when I first saw it. And then when watching it, I was like, oh, Bill Paxton. I haven't seen that guy for a yeah. while. He's awesome. I haven't seen that guy since Twister, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Twister. Anyway, so that's... That's uh, I could go on for hours, but that's a as succinct uh, list of reasons I can I can put together to explain why Commando I think is the at least at the very least the greatest action movie ever made. But it's it's my favorite movie. Like every time I watch it, I'm just smiling ear to ear the entire time, uh, laughing, crying. Yeah, like I, said, I do find that funny. I as much as I love Commando, if I had to pinpoint my favorite. Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I think we've had this discussion in private, or not in private, but like not on the podcast a lot. Um, I I think I would go with Predator. Uh, The thing that's great about Predator, just slip this in in there, a little little, uh, Predator shout out. Predator is like, it starts as Commando and it ends as Alien. That's totally at the beginning of Predator. Like it's like you're just watching Commando. Oh, like, there's all these guys, sweaty guys, flexing. It's like a pseudo guns. sequel to Commando. Yeah, it totally is, and it takes place in the same fictional country that Commando did in Valverde, yeah, which is really funny because awesome. they they get John Matrix in Commando to go and assassinate. They're trying to to assassinate the president of Valverde or whatever, and that's what he has to do before he gets his daughter back. And that's the same country that. They supposedly, you know, all the Predator I do like to look at Predator as the uh, unofficial sequel to Commando. It completely <laughs> is. So and good. even there's a couple of the same actors in both movies. Yeah, the yeah. black the black dude, yeah. the, the, hench, the garbage man henchman that we were yeah, talking about. Yeah, he plays in Cook it. in Commando. He, I don't remember his name, and it doesn't matter. I don't remember. Anyway, Commando, greatest movie ever. Of Very the nice. <laughs> of the week. <laughs> cool. So uh, let's... Uh, Move on here. I believe uh, we got an, another gremlin today. We're just <laughs> celebrating the 80s today. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Get ready for their next segment. This is the gremlin of the week. So this week for gremlin of the week, I'm sticking with gremlins too. Oh, good. I think that's three in a row that we've done from gremlins It does have the most exciting gremlins in it. 
It really does. Uh, or the wackiest gremlins. It definitely sure. is the wackiest gremlins. Uh, these ones are more. So this is actually not just one gremlin of the week. It's a couple gremlins of the week, but they're all together. Uh, this week, my the gremlin of the week, the gremlins of the week are the stock market gremlins. How's uh, that? How's that for a oh, name? Yeah, for you? there you go. I, I got nothing Wait, to comment for me. Who? Who? No, I, I get it. Um, these are a contender for my favorite yeah? gremlins. Okay. It's there's a couple. There's a couple that I, 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 it's, it's like my favorite movie. I couldn't pinpoint it down just to one, but uh, these ones are a serious contender. So in Gremlins 2, as we mentioned, uh, they take over Clamp Enterprises, which is just a parody of, of, of Trump Tower or whatever. Um, and then, so about halfway through the movie, it just completely goes off the deep end and the Gremlins have taken over the building and they're just running rampant and it's just for like a solid half hour it's just scene after scene of the gremlins of different gremlins causing a ruckus and it cuts to like the stock market floor where the, where this company just invests all their stock in or, or people call in to invest in the stock they have their yeah. own stock operation stock market operation and the gremlins have taken it over and there <laughs> there's like three gremlins on the phones and they're just holding the phones up to their head going buy sell buy sell buy sell <laughs> and it's just it's fucking hilarious and it's actually really brief too like the camera it's basically just in the scene it, the camera's just passing by that to get to the actual scene but it's just fucking hilarious it, again I've, i think i say this every gremlin of the week but this is the gremlins doing their best Mm -hmm. to blend into what they think society is. It's like <laughs> they're, they're in this building. They get an idea of people buying stocks. So, but the, so they're just on the phone, clueless, <laughs> just shouting, buy, sell, buy, sell. <laughs> awesome. um, it's a pretty pretty brilliant satire. It's, like, that's, it's, that's what I always think. It's great satire of like the weird gambling nature of the stock market and people not really knowing not, what they're yeah, doing. Not really knowing what's going on. Or... Also, there's... Uh, uh, Unpredictable your, index. Your gremlin of the week from a couple weeks ago makes an appearance in that scene. After it cuts past those the, the three gremlins on the phone, uh, the, the Brainiac gremlin is also on the phone, and he's talking to some guy, and he's like, yeah, things are uh, pretty chaotic here. We... Uh, uh, we're ad we we are advi advising that everyone invest everything they've got into canned food and shotguns. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's his <laughs> advice. That's great. Uh, it's like maybe ten seconds of the movie, probably not even that. But I I love that scene every time. I I always think about those gremlins. Bye, sell, bye, sell. <laughs> so great. It's so uh, yeah. That's a, that's great. Well, so thanks for the gremlin. The gremlins of the week. Hey, do you, uh, do you do you know a lot of people who smoke? Uh, not a lot. Yeah, a couple smoking. here and there. A guy I used to work with had a smoker. He'd smoke lots of meat with it. You ever have have you ever given somebody like a ride in your car who just started smoking in your car? Uh, no, uh, <laughs> they've always asked. The, mo everyone always asked. I've always asked. Yes, most of the and smokers I, I know no. are just employees that I don't talk to. I, I've I've had somebody ask me, <laughs> and then I was like, "Well, no," and then they were like, "Well, I'll just crack the window." <laughs> And, and like, just, just do it, it anyway. You gotta, you need that cigarette so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, this, this is, this is a thing. So it's like, um, it's not. That's already a pretty egregious example. But the thing that's really getting me lately is somebody. It's like, so you go out for to a restaurant or something, and I, I I'm usually driving, and then uh, probably mm -hmm. my first mistake, maybe what I should do is just get rid of my car so that I can make everyone else drive me is around. That Pat and, drive you everywhere you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> so 
but it's like you get out of a restaurant, you're about to hop in the car for like three minutes. Like you're just going back to where you are. And then it's like, no, I, I got to pull out a smoke and I got to smoke before we get in the car. And it's like, but now you're like, you're going to stink now and you're going to stink up my car. And like, and now we have to wait around for like five minutes for you to like, you couldn't just wait three minutes till we get back to like where we're going. And <laughs> like, I don't know. I say it to me. It, it just, it, it, I, you might as well just smoke in my car. Then if you're going to like smoke right before and then, mm-hmm. and then just, I don't know. Doesn't that, doesn't that seem well, like about the same? I just, I just have a preference. Yeah, it, it's dumb. It sounds like a mole. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. Like I don't hang out. Not for any like, like uh, specific intentional reason. Like I just don't hang out with any smokers. It's just, by coincidence, so I don't. Yeah, I, and I, I yeah, it's not. I don't. I don't really care like too much of. I. It's just something about that, like the logic of that, like just, just wait three more minutes, like just it's wait till we're there. Inconsiderate and illogical. Yeah, it's it, and and on and just the time thing is inconsiderate, and then now it's like, well, now my car kind of stinks too. So yeah, that's like, I don't know. Can can you just. <sighs> Uh, okay. Fuck you. Just don't smoke. That's what Mueller's yeah. trying to hard is that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> People need their drugs. People need their drugs. <laughs> it's true. You just get that uh, nicotine juice or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That Nicker. Good news. Drink nicotine. Cigarette, cigarette juice. <laughs> the cigarette juice has all the nicotine my, and tar that my, my body craves. Yeah, my body needs. <laughs> I don't know what this is. It's, it's a Tim and Eric thing. thing. Oh, Andy, <laughs> I have <a> feeling. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That, that's such a funny, like, that's such a funny skit, man. Like, it's the so idea good. that people want a soft drink that has tar and nicotine in it because they need their, I need my tar. It's just so disgusting, yeah. too. He's like pouring it. There's like tobacco coming out on his face. It feels like something that would that would exist. A soft like an energy. I know, right? Like except in Japan, like it's some weird Japanese thing or something. You know, they have energy drinks with alcohol in them. So yeah, Yeah, that that can't be good for you. No, I yeah, I I don't. I think it points out in it. It's a pretty. It's the the idea of you're like no, I would never want to drink that. And like a smoker. So why would you smoke? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like it's (laughs) like it just kind of points out like yeah, that's awesome. That's pretty good. I mean. I know people probably smoke because they're poor and they're stressed out, but anyway. why would you smoke if you're poor? Do you know how much money you spend? They're poor because they smoke. Well, no, no, oh. it, it's no, a, it's kind of, of it, a, it's a bit of a vicious circle. But like, I don't know yeah. if you've ever seen statistics on that, but um, I think it's about twenty four percent of the population smokes, um, and if you look at the poor population, ninety percent of them smoke. Weird. So if you, if you are like impoverished, like there's a ninety percent chance yeah, look, that you'll people smoke. Are, people are stressed. They need something to. Yeah, take you're the poor edge and stressed. That's 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 why you smoke. So but it it, it is a vicious cycle. Like yeah. it uh, kind of puts you back because you're spending four hundred dollars a month. I couldn't afford four hundred dollars a month to like smoke. Is that what the average statistic it's like is? Three hundred dollars or yeah, something I, like that. I'm pushing. I'm too it. cheap for that, man. Yeah, like I I got and like and I'm not that poor. I'm like I'm not that rich, but I'm like. You know, I'm fine. You're already putting so much money into McDonald's, though. You can't be putting it into cigarettes, yeah. too. Do you have stocks in McDonald's? Is that why you spend so much money there? You're kind of boosting your stocks. Buy, sell, it's like buy, sell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Andy, anyway, you got should, something uh, for us? We should get back to movies here. Um, <laughs> I guess. I guess. So this week, this special week, uh, my <laughs> most not hated movie ever of the week... week. Uh, is Back to the Future. Woo. Uh, we should mention that this is a special 10th episode anniversary. An That's unintentional why. special because yeah. none of us thought of it before. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just realized, oh, this is our 10th episode. That's pretty cool. Um, but obviously we're doing things a little different. No, this not. is a 10th anniversary episode. 10th uh, anniversary you get sounds like a... we've been doing this for 10 years. <laughs> we release one episode a year. <laughs> um, 
No, we released the no. first nine, and then we waited ten years and <laughs> released the last one. Uh, okay, Andy. Um, Back so to the future. Cool, so Andy. this this almost might actually be my most not hated movie ever. I almost don't need the of the week thing. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't need it either. <laughs> uh, there are, are three movies that I consider uh, that are the perfect embodiment of 80s, 80s movies, which I consider like the greatest decade uh, for movies. And I consider this, when I talk about those three movies, I always refer to them as the holy trinity of 80s movies. You guys have heard me. Yes. You guys here in this room, not on the podcast. You've heard me say that a lot. Uh, and this is perhaps the top of, I'm not going to talk about all of them today. I'm just talking about one. But this is like, it's the top of that that triangle. Um, so... I don't, I don't know, like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to give one of my little pseudo-explanations of what this movie is about. Like, who the fuck hasn't seen this movie? I, I, I'm not even sure I could relate to someone on any kind of level if they <laughs> haven't seen it. I, I don't even want to think about what kind of sick fuck doesn't like this movie. <laughs> now, granted, I've never run into anyone who says that they've seen it and don't like it. But I will say, the only people who could possibly not like this movie are fucking losers. <laughs> they are absolutely to be looked down upon without any shame in doing so, whatever. It's perfectly okay. I will maybe, maybe give a pass to people who say they like it, but haven't seen it since they were a kid. But that's still not really good enough. Just like Commando, rewatch the fucking movie. I'm only giving these people the pass on a kind of charitable level. Kind of like helping out a drug addict. I'll help you out, but I'm going to judge the shit out of you while doing so. <laughs> that's, that, that, I'm taking, oh I'm taking that as my privilege for helping you out. You better check that. Back to the Future, a perfect movie and one of the greatest films ever made. I truly, truly, truly feel that way. Is that what the movie's about, or is that, was that was your synopsis? That was that was my <laughs> like I said. I'm not going to give one of my pseudo explanations. This sounds like one of those double idiot. If you haven't seen it, sounds like one of those double your income seminars, and it's like, oh, tell me about the seminars. Like, well, the slideshows are great. Like, the graphics are great. Like, this is the best seminar ever. Like that you'll ever you go. One of these? No, of course not. But uh, you know, well, how do you know? It, well, you, just, you see the ads. You know, they got those like crummy ads. Remember that guy just, with the Lamborghini? And he's 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 like, you know. I, you know, I'm really rich. I have this Lamborghini, but you know what's better than a Lamborghini? Oh, yeah. Knowledge. All these books. Yeah, all these books. Like, <laughs> um, they, you know, you don't get any content. Like, well, uh, just tell me something. Like, did you get it? Did you, like, have an advertising scheme? Or, like, did you, like, uh, I don't know, recruit people for your... <laughs> like, <laughs> give, give me the meat. <laughs> uh, look, if you want to know more about what Back to the Future is You about, have to buy our seminar. I'm, I'm, I'm not... Like, <laughs> 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 it's three easy payments of $397 followed by five easy payments of $1999. That's uh, $1,999. I feel like I'm lowering myself by having to explain to people what this movie is about. 
I, I'll be a complete asshole and tease about it. If you want to know what Back to the Future is about, go know. fucking watch it. Just like Commando. <laughs> throw that. Throw them both in there. You want to know what they're about? I mean, go stop this podcast again. <laughs> We've already told you to stop it to watch Commando. You've gotten this. Stop this podcast and never <laughs> listen to it again and throw out your podcast app and just go back to work. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't want, want you. you. <laughs> um, yeah, stop listening that, to this podcast that and being, just every time you're going to listen to the podcast, just watch Back to the Future or Commando. <laughs> that being said, um, way more people have seen Back to the Future than have seen Commando. Absolutely. Like, like everybody's Absolutely. seen Back to the Future. Everyone has, but a lot of people I talk to are, are like what I was saying. That I talk to a lot of people who, who say, because I'm always talking about Back to the Future, they always say, oh yeah, I love that movie, and then I'll start talking about details on it or whatever. They don't remember. And they're like, yeah, I don't really remember that. I, I, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. And it's like, well, what movies what are you What have you been doing with like, your life? The only people that I think haven't seen it are people who just don't watch movies. Like, yeah. you're going to list off 10 of the biggest movies, and they're not going to have seen any of them. That's, like... Yeah, and it's a, it's a lot of younger to people, too. Like, I, I, yeah. I work with a few younger people, and I bring up a movie like this, and they're like, yeah, I haven't seen that movie. But unacceptable. Crazy. Go watch the fucking movie. Um... So I have to try and limit myself as much as I can because just like Fury Road, this could end up being like a five-hour podcast of me just talking about Back to the Future. I, I love it so fucking much. Uh, so I'm just going to talk about a few things in it. And, and you were talking about the opening scene of Commando, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the opening scene of Back to the Future mm -hmm. and how uh, I, I think it's, it might be, in my opinion, the greatest opening scene of all time. And it's not an action Ooh. scene, so it's not like it's jumping into the middle of an exciting thing. Mm -hmm. um, this opening scene, I think, is uh, one of the greatest examples of visual storytelling, where they tell you a ton of information in just an extremely short period of time. I'm gonna, I don't want to go too hard into it, but I'm going to break down the scene just a little bit. Um, it, it everyone remembers this scene. <laughs> everyone remembers the scene. Go watch Back to the Future. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's the <laughs> opening scene. Um, it opens up in Doc Brown's uh, apartment, and he's not there. Marty's arriving before school, so he's going to Michael be, J. Fox. Michael Mar J. Fox. Marty McFly. Uh, he's arriving at Doc's before going going to school for whatever reason. They hang out, their buds, <laughs> and the camera it starts like at the door where Marty's entering. He's like, hey, Doc, where are you? I didn't get your call or whatever. And then the camera spans in almost one take. I think there's a couple cuts, but in almost one take, it spans it past a couple clocks, like all these clocks, which quite is Quite a few clocks. Like quite a number of clocks. There's actually some foreshadowing to the big clock later on because there's a little dude hanging from the clock. I mean, the there's, there's a little foreshadowing, uh, you know, something about time or something. <laughs> yeah, uh. immediately <laughs> hammering down that theme uh, in it. But it also spans past, like, all these, like, crazy devices, um, like all these, like, wacky, almost Rube Goldberg-style machines to do, like, simple stuff. Like what, Goldberg, the wrestler? <laughs> yes, the Goldberg, the wrestler. Oh. <laughs> It'll span past this machine so, where, like, this arm picks up a can, and then it, then it places on this other thing. For, it opens the can, it tips it upside down, dumps some dog food. Like, all these for, wacky inventions for, for simple things. For people who don't understand what that is, a Rube Goldberg machine is an unnecessary mechanical invention that... It, it does a lot of steps to do something dumb. So you might have... Yeah, uh, to do like something when you, simple. When you, put, you put the quarter in the gumball machine, the gumball rolls through like a hundred different things and it yeah. just comes out and it's like, why don't you just give me the gumball? It's like, well, it's yeah. fun to watch. Exactly. So you want to watch it go... Did that guy invented all of those things? Everyone, <laughs> including the one in Back <laughs> to the Future. Oh, man. He's rich. <laughs> Goldberg the wrestler? I didn't know he was so smart. <laughs> but yeah, so it spans... Uh, it, 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 it 
it goes past like all these clocks, all these wacky inventions, and you already get this. You already get this vibe without even seeing or meeting Doc Brown. It's like you know a lot about him already. He's a wacky like, guy. He's some kind of weird inventor, obviously knowledgeable because he's building all of these things for all of these insane devices for just simple things like uh, feeding your dog or getting or or putting the bread into the toaster. And the dog machine toast. one, by the way. Uh, there's a it, it, there's like ten pounds of dog food yeah, on so here. It, so it, it it shows this device pouring the the, the thing of dog food. It and opens it goes, the can. It goes it, down to the dog food bowl, and there's like heaps of it. So again, you already know it's like oh he hasn't been here for a while. He's missing his routine because like the dog hasn't been here for a while, so he hasn't been around for a little bit. It's like all his machines are going off. Doc and, Brown is missing. Yeah. So, and then it it passes the camera passes by a just quickly passes by a TV and, and on the news, some, some news reporter lady is talking about how uh, at some research lab, there's been some, there's some missing plutonium. Someone has broken in and stolen the plutonium. And then it's uh, after, again, it passes through his room, I think just past more like inventions or whatever. And then it goes back to Marty and he kind of places, he's got a skateboard cause he's a fucking cool dude. Uh, and then he puts a skateboard on the ground and his backpack on on the skateboard and he kind of kicks it and then the camera follows the the skateboard as it's rolling uh, through his room again and it stops as it uh, runs into like the bottom of his bed of Doc Brown's bed and under the bed you can see a box of missing plutonium and it's just a like, missing plutonium <laughs> uh, of, of, of the missing plutonium that, that the news report was talking about and it's just like oh. in this two minute span you learn about 30 minutes of information. It's oh yeah, in in a, in a modern Marvel movie or like a modern oh, yeah. movie, like yeah, they'd they'd be sitting in a boardroom like discussing this missing plutonium. Yeah, it's like and you. Some terrorist yeah. took it, but it turns out it was someone on the inside. Like it would just it would take forever. They would to show get you in. some like shadowy figure breaking into this place that you can't see who it is, even though it's pointless because you know it's the villain of the movie. Or yeah, they would waste at least fifteen minutes. I might be being generous with that too, but like this movie. Immediately, you kind of, you get an idea of who Marty is. He's hanging around. With this, he's a teenager, but he's hanging around with this weird, wacky scientist dude. He skates boards. He's he's going here before class, so he's kind of doesn't really care about school that much. He's you know definitely going to be late. It's you, such a brilliant scene. You know, like, Doc is this wacky inventor. You know, he's 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 not around. You know, he's he's stolen some plutonium. Like he has all these clocks, so it's like he's thinking a lot about like time and 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 all like all all that the sort of wacky scientists. Like mad scientist sort of stuff, it's like two minutes, but it's fucking brilliant. I never realized it as watching it as a kid, but a couple of years ago, uh, when I rewatched Back to the Future as an adult, I was like, "This is just fucking brilliant!" Like I wanted to, I think I was alone, but I wanted to just stand up and clap. It was so <laughs> fucking great. It's like holy crap! I have just been given so much information with other than the news report like basically no words at all just from the camera spanning across his bedroom yeah and a news report doesn't count as words anyways it's no and it's not like it, it's not like it stays on like a full like five minute news report it's the camera passing nice, uh, passing by the television alt j music video <laughs> what was that what was that band? union j union j <laughs> <laughs> um absolutely brilliant it's an such a great example of visual storytelling. It's, it's hard to explain to somebody too, who like you kind of have to see the movie to realize 
that they just cut out a half an hour of this movie for you. Yeah, that's like, the best the best way I can convey how brilliant it is is that it tells you like a half an hour of information in any other movie it would take like a half an hour, but this does it in 2 minutes and it's it's entertaining and you're not even thinking about it. It's like, really visually appealing to look at. Like yeah. I remember that scene like yeah, once again I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. I went to go see it, you know, when uh, October 2015 or whatever when the that's when the the car was set to the future and back to the future too. So everyone was playing in the theaters. So I went to go watch it and I was like, man, like I, I remembered that scene. I remembered this disgusting dog, wet dog food. That's like, I was like, Oh man, like I, like I remembered all this. I remember you got Huey Lewis in the news playing like right then. I couldn't remember almost anything about the movie. I remember that scene. I remember them in the parking lot when they go to the, go to the past Uh, I remember that he goes to the 50s and I remembered him playing Johnny Be Good at the very end of the thing. Yeah, yeah. That's all. That's like all I remembered about it. Um, but for, what, what yeah. I think is, again, so brilliant about it, like I said, conveying so much information in such a short period of time is you're also you're also retaining that information without even knowing that you're retaining that information. It's an opening intro to the movie. It doesn't feel like you you have to be p- paying attention to get all these details. Mm-hmm. And you're not. You're not really like focusing on all of these details. It's like, okay, there's a clock there. That means this, that, you know, all these devices going off and he's not there. That means this. You're not thinking that, but you are just absorbing you just know. all of that. And now yeah, you, you know just it. know just from the visual. You don't even know that you know placed it. in your head. Yeah. But you get into the movie so and you're not confused. Everything just seems to make sense to you. The character, it, there's just so much heart to it that you just know who these people are. Yeah. Like Marty McFly, like that's a really iconic character. Uh, and, and Doc Brown, and it's like you just know who they are, and you don't know why. Immediately, yeah, like two minutes into the movie, and they've already established so much about their personality. Like they didn't, without even meeting Doc Brown, you know a lot about his person, like who he is. Well, not, bu- not all the not all the biography information, like what you know, all these stats about him, but just who he is a, as a person, like his personality type. Yeah, and that's getting to the heart of it. Yeah. It's like let's let's get let's get rid of all the fluff. Let's we don't need all this crap. We need a few smartly placed things. Yeah, it's like they didn't want to. They didn't want to bog down on on wasting too much time on this information. So they're just like, we need to get this information in and out of the way. And they just found the smoothest fucking way to do it. And they kind of take advantage of your imagination a little bit of yeah what those things might mean. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, fucking incredible. And then immediately Marty McFly is late for school, so he hops on a skateboard yeah. and starts grabbing onto cars and skateboarding Super behind him. Super fucking cool. So the it doesn't Mar- get cooler than that. I remember that. Listen to Huey Lewis in the news. Good song. Yeah. Yeah, Marty McFly is he's a timeless kind of cool. Like he feels like he was cool then. He feels like he'd be a cool dude now. Like Yeah, he goes into the future type. in the second one and people are like, What do you like every, every time he changes time period, they're always making fun of his jacket like he's wearing a life yeah. preserver in the past. <laughs> and and it's like, I think he's cool like and now it, it, what is it? It's twenty seventeen. Now fucking, he goes to twenty fifteen. I think he's cool in twenty seventeen. Michael J. Fox <laughs> makes it cool. Like Yeah. A, a lot of things too. Like I I think a lot when a lot of people think of Back to the Future, it makes Parkinson's as, cool. He makes it really cool. <laughs> I wish I had Parkinson's. Um, <laughs> um, I think when a lot of people think Back to the Future, like a lot of the first things that people got to slip a Parkinson's that, 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 ju- that jump. A lot of the things that that jumps into people's heads oh, are uh, is the hoverboard from Back to the Future Two. But I've always thought that like. 
the equivalent scene in the first one of him cruising around on the on the crappy broken scooter, which is basically just a skateboard, uh, was way cooler. Like yeah, he it's just, super cool. He just made it cool. Like he's ramping off like all these. Like this was in the fifties. He's like, got all these sparks because they put some. The, I think the filmmakers put some flint. Put some on that. flint on the bottom <laughs> of it. Like he made it look cool. Michael J. Fox made Marty McF- fly like the coolest did he do his character. own skateboarding and stuff you can tell he did some i don't know yeah. when it, when he's like ramping off stuff i don't know it was probably a stuntman of some sort probably yeah. but uh early on when he's when he's skating from doc brown's house to uh school knowing he's going to be late and he's sketching you can tell it's michael j fox yeah, like the, that's awesome. the camera's like right up there like no trickery he made it cool that is a timeless timeless cool character everything about it might be wearing dated clothes, dated. Well, whatever, I mean, whatever, the, I guess we failed to quickly talk about uh, at the end of the the opening scene of the, you know he he slaps on an electric guitar. That's something I remembered. Doc really Brown has this just giant guitar. It's got to be a seven feet tall. This ridiculous. guitar amp and and uh, speaker. Yeah. The speaker looks like a small trampoline that somebody's flipped on an, on their side. He turns it, cranks everything up to ten plays one chord and gets launched back yeah. like 20 feet into a wall all these yeah. shells fall on him and the and the speakers just it just is disintegrated yeah. <laughs> it's just taught. how cool is that part where he starts turning up the knobs and you can just hear the you can hear wh- the hum the, the yeah. hum yeah this like <laughs> sounds like a, like a radiation machine <laughs> Like and it's just yeah, it just it sound yeah, it sounds like he's powering up a power plant or just something awesome like that yeah <laughs> um so I'm gonna skip forward a bit, and what I what I want to talk about. He goes again. to the past. Hold on here. Not that uh, far um, forward. Well, yes, but not uh, that far back. What oh, I want to talk about with this movie is uh, setup and payoff. In that, more uh, than any other movie, uh, nearly every single second of this movie is either a setup, a payoff a callback to a previous setup or payoff or all of the above. <laughs> it's like they waste no time. And I, I could break down every scene in this movie and how everything is a setup and a payoff. Maybe we'll do both. a commentary track or but something. But one, <laughs> one of uh, I, the best example, and I know I've talked with you guys about this before, of this setup and payoff is when uh, it, so Marty McFly is in the past. He meets up with Doc Brown in 1955 he goes to Doc Brown to help him get back to his to present day. Present day was 1985. He goes to Doc Brown for help, um, and they realize like in order to get him back, uh, you know, we need plutonium to power uh, the the DeLorean, the time machine. Um, but in 1955, as Doc Brown explains, you know, plutonium it's it's hard to come by. Like it, it doesn't it doesn't exist. There's no. Yeah, you could probably just walk into a drugstore in 1985 <laughs> to get some plutonium, but in 1955, See, I, that's tough. I feel like you haven't watched this movie near as much as I have, but you remember all these little things. Like you remember specific lines, like from the movie. Yeah, it's great. It's like just I don't know. It just leaves an impression it on you, and I don't really does. It's, it can be difficult to pinpoint exactly why. Yeah. Oh, it's just, I, guess, I mean, I guess it's because that's a funny line, right? Because it's not it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not easy to get plutonium in 1985 either. So yeah. there's that. Well, I that mean, he had to under- steal it in 1985. but I, I, It's kind of great, though, because um, it's like, yeah, Doc Brown from the 50s has this misconception about 85. And then in 85, yeah. they have pretty big misconceptions about 2015 and what that yeah. would be, yeah, what, what that ended up being like, too. So, so anyway, they establish, uh, you know, we need plutonium to power the time machine. 
we can't we cannot get plutonium that's what they're establishing in the scene uh and then doc brown kind of just an off comment he says it's like we need we need to generate uh, 1.21 gigawatts of power without plutonium the only the only way to do that would be a lightning strike but it'd be impossible to know you can't when, know when a lightning strike yeah, you can't happen. When, lightning when, never strikes twice and earlier in the so earlier in the movie marty mcfly is hanging out in the park with his girlfriend uh, i think just before going to school or or just after um and and his girlfriend's going away for the weekend and they're just talking about that just chilling in the park couple of cool peoples but there's this protest going on in 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 the park and there's these there's these protesters uh protesting hippies pretty much they they are depicted <laughs> as annoying hippies annoying housewife hippie sort of type <laughs> but uh they're protesting the restoration of of the clock tower and everybody remembers this line too save the clock tower yes. save even so yeah. Many years, uh, like in 1955, uh, this clock tower was struck by lightning and it's become this like historic monument because it's just always stuck on the same time. And now the now the, the town wants to restore it, but these people are protesting mm-hmm. the restoration. They walk up to Marty and his girlfriend, they hand this flyer. Marty McFly, like, he's, he's a cool dude. He doesn't give a shit about any of this sort of stuff. He's just hanging out with his girlfriend. He kind of shoves him away. Um, but then his girlfriend, again, is going away for the weekend, I think to her grandma's house or whatever. And she's like, well, here's here, give me the paper. She takes the flyer that was given to them, writes her phone number on it and says, uh, uh, this, this is the number where you can reach me. Call for me. The, yeah, ex- me exactly. He puts it in his back pocket only because, uh, you know, the number's on there. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, back to what I was talking about before, when he's trying to figure out back to get to how to generate 1.21 gigawatts, we need a lightning strike, but how could we predict it? You see this great, like, look of... Oh my God! On Marty's face as he slowly reaches out into his pocket to reveal this green flyer that has the exact time that they need to that they need to know to, for the lightning strike to go back, and it's this great. It's just such a brilliant setup. It's like Marty McFly never would have kept this piece of paper. Oh, but he kept the piece of paper because it's got the number on it. Makes sense. Puts it into his pocket. Because the girls. Yeah, it has Gross. has all the information. It is just Get rid of slimy girls. It's an example of how this is just one of the smartest scripts ever written. Like that's such a fluid, smooth way to get all that information in that would normally be yeah boring information talking about mm-hmm. protests in the clock tower. You know, pseudo scientific stuff like. But it all happens so smoothly in a way that, like, you got to be some kind of super clever genius to have written this script. Like, it's so. Perfect. I imagine a lot of problem solving happening in this script as they're saying, "Well, it needs to do this. Like, we need needs yeah. to do this too." And then, yeah. they, they, I imagine the first draft was probably way looser, and then they yeah, said, and they were probably oh, well, we this... need to tighten this up. No one yeah. wants to hear about like pseudo like this. I, I imagine stuff. they probably like we were talking about that two minute scene at the beginning covering it. I, I bet you they didn't come up with that right away. They probably no, had probably a bunch not. of dialogue, and they were like, "Well." Frick, our movie's like yeah, three gotta, hours long. Gotta, like, what are, we gotta how, speed how, how, this up a bit. Yeah, once again, yeah. limitations of. I, I bet you it was too long, and they said we gotta probably. How do we shorten this thing up? Or, well, you know. either that, or they just got to these scenes and they just realized, oh, this is a bit of a drag. How yeah. can we snap this up a bit? Like, um, and they did, and it's like I said, I'm. I could break down every scene if, if, Doc if Brown I had the is working time on the about script. setups <laughs> and payoffs, uh, but that's a perfect example of it. It's this, this really smart, really quick, really easy uh, setup and payoff. Um, so the thing, uh, the thing I think, when I think back to the future, the immediate 
image that comes into my head? What, what would you say is the immediate image that comes into your head? The DeLorean. To the future. Yeah. That's the first Absolutely thing I think. I think, I think about the fire in the street and the DeLorean <laughs> yeah. in that parking lot. Uh the DeLorean is the coolest movie car of all time. Like I really feel that hands down. It's still, again, we talk about Marty McFly being timeless. I think the DeLorean has a timeless, cool look. Um, especially with the fire. Oh yeah, especially when it, when it when it when it zaps itself back and back or forward into time, and it leaves that trail of fire behind, and it's, super and cool. this, the spinning license plate that fell off. In oh the yeah, process. that's great. Um, but it's just so fucking cool like it's, this is gonna is be a good touch by the this way this is gonna be a it's hard nice. thing mm-hmm. to explain but you see it and it's got that like 80s futuristic but still boxy look it's before it's before we got to this dumb trend that we're still the ipod trend where everything's like <laughs> rounded and smooth and, oh, and yeah. white and clean like this thing is is boxy it's very it looks like mechanical like it looks like some kind of alien Alien well, as, as I can see on your device. T-shirt right now, I'm wearing you, a Back to the Future which you've got, right which now. just has a picture of the DeLorean on yeah. it. It's like got those those what are those type of doors? Are those they're like uh, the doors that come straight up instead of opening? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, know what they're, they're called, but uh, ears or whatever. I, they sure they, they feel once again they feel very people. mechanical because you know there's a mechanism there that holds them up. Yeah. Whereas your normal car door, you you pull it's, it open like you do it yourself, but this one, it holds itself up. It was absolutely the perfect choice for a car to be a time machine of a certain of that of that era um i'm disgusted even thinking about what if the, if this movie was just being made now like what it would look like <laughs> it would either look like i said it would look, like, look an like, iPod. A transformer. Look like an ipod or a transformer that's exactly <laughs> yeah. i haven't even heard you say that before yeah. but i just knew her uh-huh. i i want to make a point about this too is um a, a movie is really really good if you just accept it as a fact of yeah. history, sure, it's like Back to the Future. Like, it's very hard for you to imagine this movie just not existing. Yeah, like it just exists, cemented into history as a. It's like, it's a part of culture. Um, I I don't know. It's just it's just it's very difficult to imagine. Yeah, you've always just had Back to the Future. Like it might as well be it might as well be some book from five hundred like some Shakespearean play. Sounds like, boring. <laughs> yeah, but, but like like, like it's, it it might as well just be that because it's just always been around. Like you can't yeah. even imagine that there was a time that this didn't exist. I mean, if you were born before nineteen eighty five, then then you probably can. But uh, it, it, when you have that in your head, though. Yeah, you can't even really imagine before. Ex- I mean, it's a staple in in culture. Like that's in a Western good, culture. That's a. It, it's easy to take those movies for granted, though. Yeah, and, and I think, and you you start getting interested in other uh, other things, and it's like if something is that iconic, like that's a that's yep. a tremendous amount of work that went in to make that happen. But yeah, and so it has like the scene that it's revealed. It's like the most badass slowly but quickly built up scene like like marty marty arrives in the parking lot where doc brown is not really knowing what's going on doc brown just told him to meet it there he's got this big uh this big trailer and you don't know what's inside and then the door opens and the camera's directly behind the truck and 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 the 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 truck gate, the mechanical truck gate, that's slowly lower, and you can see all this like either dry ice or just I think it's just actually a smoke machine, just pouring out of it. And then as the door <laughs> yeah, slowly cool. goes down from the smoke, you can start to see the tail lights right, right next to those big like air duct things on Very it. Very scientific. As it backs <laughs> down, and it's just it's such a like I said, it's like a slow and fast reveal shot because it's only like five seconds, but it's just 
Yeah, it's, like they how, really built it up to be this fucking awesome thing that they knew it was. If you peel it back a little more, too, how cool of an idea! Like, who thought to put a time machine in a car? Uh, <laughs> like, 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 why isn't it just well, some wacky? Actually, going to be chair? like a fridge or something. Oh, I don't remember. Was it or something like that? I, I read that it? there was going to be something else. But it's going to be something weird. Or I did feel you? like I should know this information. Regardless, once again, whoever made the call on on that was made a really brilliant call because now you got all these action scenes that you can get. You know, in the third Back to the Future, yeah. they have to. They, you always have to speed the car up. You're you're trying to speed yeah. up a train yeah, or something. It's funny. There's like a that. line in the movie that that kind of sums up what you're saying here. Uh, Marty looks at the car and he's like, "You put a." a time machine into a DeLorean <laughs> and then it cuts back to over to Doc Brown and he's like the way I see it if you're going to put a time machine into a car you might as well do it with some style <laughs> and it's like yeah it's like they picked this perfect car I guess so I guess we can just peel that back if you're going to make a time machine you might as well put it in yeah. a car yeah um, so what like the thing that's so great about the DeLorean and I feel like a lot of movies miss this uh, it's not it's not about whether or not it's actually a good car, um, and I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it better not be. <laughs> I know I, sh- I, I, I should on the Fast and Furious movies a yeah. lot on this, but just using them as an example because they're like the modern car movie yeah. for for those who are idiots and don't think Mad Max Fury Road is the modern car movie. Um, <laughs> but the thing about the DeLorean, like it was a notorious Worthless people. The DeLorean was a like outside of Back to the Future was a notorious piece of shit car. Like it broke down. Like it it it, it had a stainless steel body, so the thing was super fucking heavy, and like just horrible on cat on gas. It had the engine in the back instead of the front, so it's just like if you need to replace anything, it needs specialty parts. Like notorious piece of junk, basically. Um, then I look at these Fast and Furious movies, the modern big car movies, and it's like they have all these like super cool street cars, and they're they're lowered, and they have the ground effects lighting, whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, nine dollar LED strips like, from China. But they don't leave <laughs> they don't leave any fucking lasting impression at all. And it's like, yeah, what makes a good movie car, an iconic movie car, it's not about like, oh, well, it's got the V8 engine, so it's good on this, blah, blah, Yeah, blah. this one rated really nitrous. well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rated really well in yeah. Car and Driver magazine. If you want to like. get into street racing, like, this is the car because it's got these specifications, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that doesn't make it yeah. iconic. It doesn't have the look. Like, it's just, I can't. I, I've it's only like seen, Bond cars, too. I've only like seen one and, a, one and a half yeah. of the Fast and Furious movies, <laughs> but I can't... I kind of remember his Mustang. Well, I think there's it's a Mustang at the end of the first the Fast and the Furious, he, there's this black car that he I think pulls that's out. The Mustang, yeah. yeah, and uh, but well, he doesn't. It's a muscle he doesn't drive it till the end of the movie because he. And the only reason that you remember this car is because he's talking about how, like, you know, I think his dad built it or he built it with his dad or something, and he says, "I've never driven it because it scares the living shit out of me because sure. it's such a powerful car." Yeah, that's it, the it, closest thing those movies come to an iconic movie. Yeah, because I, I remember really remembering that because because of his. Emotional attachment to it. It's the only one I remember as well. It definitely wasn't the l- specifically the look of the car or no. anything that happened. It was yeah, just the way he talked about it. That's actually probably an example of how they did it good. But it's still... I mean, that's at the end of the movie. Yeah. And th- that doesn't happen and anywhere also, else in that movie. There's also like seven or eight of these fucking things now. Do you remember any of the cars I mean, other I've only than seen that like one? the first two, I think, like back when I was Dude, a if, kid. if you somehow even, edited in different cars and... <laughs> <laughs> and I rewatched them all a couple times each. I'd have all no DeLoreans. idea. You'd have no. I'd have yeah, no idea the cars were different. Yeah, imagine if no the, idea. imagine if the DeLorean was like a Lamborghini yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden, or so, like yeah. a Viper. But or you were you were stupid. saying like, oh, yeah, I don't remember the cars. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of these movies. But the thing is, like, 
I feel like someone, I'm going to have to do some weird science experiment on this, but it's like someone who hasn't seen Back to the Future but is aware of it existing, like I am with most Fast and Furious movies. I haven't seen most of them, but I'm aware of their existence. But someone who's seen, who has not seen Back to the Future, I think they will think about the DeLorean. Well, people do talk about it, too, and it's... Yeah. it's uh, I, well, I mean, it's it's kind of a little contradictory to what we were, what I was saying all about how showing people things, but it, but I really think that yeah, Vin Diesel talking about how this car yeah. scares him, like it was well, another way it connected, to leave it. It connected the car to his person. That's actually a good example of storytelling. Yeah. So, um, I guess I guess you're allowed to talk in movies too, as much as we advocate for visual <laughs> storytelling. You're allowed to talk. <laughs> just, it's, it's the brevity is the soul of wit. Don't waste my time. Um, but yeah, what what. What makes a movie our movie car iconic is it's not about whether it's a good car or not, whether whether the specifications. It's, it's about the look. It's about the tone. It's the attitude. How it fits in with with all of those things. Um, like a few examples of some some great, and they're pretty much all from the eighties. But uh, yeah, so it's like the DeLorean, the Ecto One, the Ghostbusters car. It's fucking, oh, that car is cool. I didn't know it was called an Ecto One. It's called though. the Ecto One. I, I think it's it was just called a hearse something. for ghosts or something. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's a hearse. It's not like a, a cool car per se, but they made it. It is cool. cool. They, yeah, it, it was also cool. practical. It was big. They had all those things to load. Their I feel like the Blues Brothers it. have a cool car too. I can't. Funny remember you say it. that. That oh, really? was the one I was about to mention next. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, the Blues Mobile. It, it, it's they didn't have a lot of money. I've never even seen that movie. By the way, I've yeah. seen like one scene from it in you exhibits. Re- you got to rewatch Studios. that. You got to rewatch. Yeah, is it blue? Nope. It's it's literally they're like dirt poor. They're dirt yeah. poor, so he bought it at a police auction, and it's an old police car, and it and it's just like beat to shit. And also, they can't just drive around in a police car because that'd be illegal. You'd be a person of cup. So they got all the like police stuff spray painted off, like the star is spray painted over uh-huh. where it says, oh, I think, awesome. to serve and protect. It's like crossed out, and it's just this junker old police car. But it's that it fits in with the movie so much because there's these awesome car chases, like fifty car pileup car chases. And they're able to speed past the cops because they're also in a super fast cop car. Right, right. But it's this—it's also, despite being super fast and and practical for what they need, it's also a big piece of shit. Like it's beat to hell, and, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, Max's interceptor, the, the Mad Max, oh, his yeah, his car, cool. even though it's only briefly in all of the movies, it's just a cool car. It also personifies. It's it's a good. Uh, parallel to Max, like it looks mean. It looks like a scrapper. It looks like someone who's ready to fight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's just awesome. It's beat the crap. It's got the missing door. Supercharger out the front just looks fucking cool. And pretty much all the vehicles in Fury Road, <laughs> you can see they're much. all iconic. Oh. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, it's not about whether it's a great car necessarily based on specs. It's about what it's adding to the tone and the story and the characters. That's what a lot of movie cars miss. That's why a lot of them, you don't even think about them. You don't think about those Fast and the Furious ones. I mean, I'm sure some car nerd probably yeah, thinks but, about it. But they like already knew about that car going Yeah, exactly. Into it. Yeah, they did. I'm, when I see those, not that I've seen them all, but it's like, okay, it's a bright colored car and it goes fast. I, yeah, I'm I don't not, know. I, I I'm don't not care. a car person, but I just gushed over my love for a couple examples of these great movie cars. Yeah. You're definitely not a car. Cool. Little Mr. I'm not driving a, car a 1908 90, a Honda Civic. Civic. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck. I don't for think... me, it's transportation. It's it's completely yeah. utility. Point hey, a, Andy, do you want to spend uh, sell your car for a grand, buy another one for fifteen hundred for with that has air conditioning and all these features? No, nah, I don't care. <laughs> this one's fine. I only drive a few minutes Most a day to work. Most of my drives are just a couple minutes. Anyway, I have on that note though. Like I have thought about like if I just fell. 
ass backwards into unlimited money, like don't have to worry about spending or anything like that, the car I would probably drive would be the DeLorean. <laughs> like even though it's a piece of crap, I'd have to worry yeah. about it breaking down the middle of the road. You just keep it well maintained and Where would whatever. you get one? Can you find them? Yeah, you can do it. Get it on eBay. They're yeah. expensive because it's obviously a collector's. Like, so the DeLorean, like the company, I think. Probably the, didn't sell very the well. DMC. No, it, it like that company was like bankrupted within like three years. <laughs> it was just over. Yeah, um, where are you going to get those parts now? <laughs> yeah, but it'd Yikes. be fucking cool. Like I said, if you were just rich and didn't have to worry about like yeah, yeah, and wasting your time money. and money, like how fucking cool would That'd it be, be driving, going to the grocery store, you just pop that door open, it yeah. swings upward. <laughs> You'd feel like a badass doing so what you're everything. So what you're saying is you're that you awesome. are exactly like those comic book nerds who have a bunch of figurines all over their room and like, you know, giant... Uh, fantasy busty women figurines and stuff. they've got a whole room dedicated <laughs> to comics and posters Andy's the same thing it's like I, I just want I just want something from the movies like that's what I want only right in there. this one specific <laughs> case like I, I've had opportunity yeah. to buy like dumb collectible stuff like that but I never do because I'm like I don't care uh, like I, I went to some nerd con a couple years ago just on a whim I found it mostly boring but I, I wanted to buy something as some kind of souvenir so I was like oh, maybe they got some cool like movie figurine or something and i found like a great uh it was like a solid like one foot ish uh sized figurine like super detailed figurine of the the ed 209 the the big mech robot from robocop it was like 80 bucks and i'm like "Uh, you know i love robocop and i love the ed 209 i love all the scenes with Ed 209. (laughs) but i'm just like it's just something that's just gonna sit there on my shelf i don't care (laughs) so i can just walk by and look at it every now and then it would be neat to have, but I just didn't. That's how much I don't care. It's yeah. not like I, I'm. I'm adver- even if you like, really like, like it. I'm opposed to spending that kind of money. It's like I could see in some circumstance where I would, but I didn't care enough to. Maybe if it was the Mad Max, uh, the big rig, <laughs> big, big figurine of that the big of, the, war of, the, rig? of the, the war rig, that'd be pretty cool to have. Um, I should get something. But like yeah, that. on one uh, final note about Back to the Future, uh, not about the movie itself, but some of the kind of behind the scenes. Uh, politics of it i was terrified for the longest time that it was going to be rebooted oh, they were going to do some horse yeah. shit remake they got robocop they fucked him they fucked robocop so bad the movie's boring as shit it's it misses everything that's great about robocop they really fucked ghostbusters <laughs> like they got their hands on ghostbusters and they fucked it so hard like and i thought like you know, all, all these reboots, obviously, I, I hate 90% of them. Uh, I was terrified for Back to the Future. I was like, oh, no. Like, that's going to be awful. I can already imagine what it Well, would. Marty McFly is going to be a woman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, and Doc Brown's going to be young. I'll for, get for to some what reason, it's gonna be, be played. It's together. gonna be played by one of those Doctor Who like doctors or something like oh, that. And fuck. he's gonna talk with a British accent and have a bunch of nerdy things I'll get to, to what say. I, what I think they would they it would have been, but. Thank. He's gonna drive a Tesla. Thank. It would totally be a Tesla. How fucking lame would that be? Oh my god! I want I'm, I'm barfing in my brain right now. That is fucking yeah, they're, horrible. They're, they're gonna travel. You're like, spot on. It would gonna, be a fucking Tesla. They're gonna try to travel back and kill Hitler or something. Oh, <laughs> like, fuck. Get, get um, those fascists. But thank the God that I don't believe in <laughs> that somehow. Robert Zemeckis, the director of this movie, and I think Bob Gale, who wrote, helped uh, pen the movie, um, somehow they retained 
all like the rights and final say to the Back to the Future franchise. So any future installment has to go through their approval and they are perhaps bitter old men and they will not have it. They are refusing to allow any sequel, any reboot, remake, whatever you want to oh. call them. They, they like, there was like some article a couple of years ago where he said that it was just some poll quote from an interview he did where they were talking about a potential remake. And he's like, yeah, I, I, I won't want, as long as I am alive, you will never see another installment of any kind <laughs> of back to the future. He's like, and I'm going to do, I'm going to put my best effort into making sure whatever estate it gets handed off to uh, after I pass, after I, I pass away, that will also, they will not be able to, to allow anyone to reboot it of <laughs> any kind. And I remember reading that like two years ago, and I think it was like a month away from my birthday. And I was like, this is the greatest birthday present. (laughs) Reading this information, this is so fucking great. Because I thought about it. I think what they would have done, I think they would have released a Back to the Future reboot in 2015 on uh, October oh, it, God, for the week yeah. of October t- 25th it would have been it would have taken place in 2015 and it would have been them going back into 1985 as like a callback that's what i think they would have done but now because of him being Robert Zemeckis being a bitter old man about it they completely missed that opportunity cuz so we're past great. 2015 can you imagine now. like the what types of things they would animate in this movie like you'd have the DeLorean like there would be like a 3D version of it flying No i th- I, th- the- I think you were absolutely 100% <laughs> spot on when you said it would be a Tesla that, that's one of the most correct things well, i've I, ever heard you say that's exactly <laughs> what it would be well now that i'm going to backpedal that one like i don't know if they would actually replace the DeLorean cuz that would be a pretty big foul up but i, I just think that that's what like you're what underestimating would look like. at how much they've fucking raped so many great like old franchises oh, like it would totally be a tesla unless unless it was some people like, would be so outraged pay- I unless, don't know what a like a mainstream uh, it's, it's, it's like, the, like new the new electric, electric car, car. there's it's, it's, oh, it's yeah. like a whole brand it's a whole brand because cool it's not just cool one car. cool cars very cool cars not not should not should be in a not a cool movie car not I a cool movie car at all Tesla as a like car they're very minimalistic cars that are not iconic yeah. looking they're just very functional and relatively stylish like it's like you know it's it, i don't know they're it's not like movie. it's like getting white bathroom tile it's like oh really fancy it's like oh you're going to remember no of course not like um <laughs> i don't know weird example yeah no i i, I think you were what about a lebaron <laughs> <laughs> that's all right i guess it's better than um, uh, whatever sports tuner or whatever we got so so back to the future uh one of the smartest written greatest films of all time i, I don't think i could ever uh pinpoint a single favorite movie of all time for me. It's too tough. There's too many different kinds of movies. Depends on what yeah. movie. Yeah, it's in, a blah, very blah, blah, hard blah. question to answer. Uh, but Back to the Future, mm-hmm. much much like my Gremlin of the week uh, this week, uh, it would be a serious contender for that. It comes title. to mind quickly. It comes. It's like the first movie that I think of. So if someone had a gun to my head for some weird reason and forced me, that would probably be my pick. It is an absolutely perfect movie, minute to minute. Uh, if you haven't seen it since you were a kid, like a lot of people I talk to, uh, fuck you, that's not good enough. Rewatch the fucking movie and disavow anyone in your life who doesn't like this movie. Would you would you put Mad Max as your is that is, is that your other serious contender Fear for what do you mean? Oh, it's 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 a contender, which is crazy to think that that a movie could do that in 2005, like a big blockbuster movie yeah. could do that. In yeah, that's insane. It's up there on the list for sure. Yeah, I, I, I love that I, movie. I would a lot. say it's probably my favorite movie of 
it's, it's but it's very once again it's a very hard thing i, I man i swear hard. the more i hang out with you like it's like you know they always say that you're the average of the people that you five people you hang out with most or something like that i've never heard like, anyone say that but it sounds right so yeah sure, yeah sure. so i don't know i just feel like i feel like i'm always being influenced to your opinions more <laughs> and more like the more i hear, hear these arguments it's like there's only a few arguments about anime that like i just can't get on board with but, <laughs> but like it's like back to now i'm like yeah back to the future might be one of my favorite movies too and it's like like just like talking a, about that, like a like, little brother. It's like, oh yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> like just l- listening to their older brother or something. Like, like I, wanting I, to fit in. I <laughs> like was a- I was preparing for this episode and I'm like typing out all these notes. It's like I don't need any of this. I, this is a movie I'm so excited about. So, to talk <laughs> like this is like the most excited I've been going into one of our episodes because I was like, ah, oh, just gonna talk about goes talk about uh, Back to the Future. I'm not excited. Well, thankfully, uh, you're able to talk about this because we have all these generous sponsors who sponsor oh, our show and. Pay us lots of money. Pay, so pay our bills. I know there's a bunch of uh, another type of demographic that listens to this podcast. So uh, we got some good catered ads for you. Um, this episode is brought to you by a new dating service. Uh, it's called uh, Infowars Meet. Uh, so you're able to. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Infowars website of the Alex Jones. Yeah, show. Alex Jones. They provide uh, a lot of news. You can hear about lots of uh, exciting news, such as how 9/11 was an inside job, um, a or of, a lot of under the rug sort of information stuff you won't find on stuff. Uh, yeah, you can't find CNN. this type of news anywhere else on CNN because they're all trying to tell you lies <laughs> about what's going on in the world. If you want to know that. Uh, you know, like if, if you're not watching any news organizations that are helping you understand that there are actually reptilian overlords who mm-hmm. are running our entire society, Infowars is the place that you can go and they will tell you the truth about the world. So, finally, uh, a place for people to meet that want the truth. Yeah, for people, people who, uh, they're sick of being fed lies by the sheep around them, uh, and they, they just you this is a dating service for you if you know that what you know is the real truth uh you know so and i'm not saying that you believe in any sort of conspiracy theories or nonsense nonsense but you know that attempting to hold on to your uh worldview if you're a cnn viewer if you keep trying to hold on to that worldview that's not a wise decision mm-hmm. so you need to accept this truth or you're going to suffocate in ignorance and slavery and sometimes it's difficult to meet other people who actually uh, know the truth. Yeah, so, so what are uh, some of the kind of uh, algorithms that this app uses to, to pair people up? Like, what, what, what is it basing the pairings on? Well, you can, you, there's, a, there's a series of, it's just, it's very similar to Amazon, right? You get to search through categories and uh, mm-hmm. put on filters. So, for example, uh, you know, if I'm looking for a woman, I can see... Uh, how how much does she hate Muslims? So I can put in uh, I can put in a, a zero to ten, and uh, mm-hmm. ten being the most hate, and then I can I can say, well, I only want to date women who hate Muslims on a five to ten scale. Yeah. I, know, I don't want to I don't want any oh, yeah. anybody yeah. who are trying to deny the truth about them. Uh, yeah. Here, so there's, there's a category in here I see for how much intel on nine eleven you have. Because, yeah. you know, yeah, if you're going to be going on a date with someone, you want stuff to talk about and you want to make sure that, you know. Yeah, you, you want to make sure that they have some they have some of that info as well. So mm-hmm. um, it's a it's a I think it's a pretty stellar service so far. Mm-hmm. Um, you can 
also search based on whether they believe that this is the greatest country to live in uh, mm-hmm. America or Canada. Yeah. I think that's uh, just a prerequisite question for signing up for the yeah app. yeah i don't even think they let you on the website if america yeah. is not the greatest if you answer no time. it isn't they just imme- it just immediately shuts mm-hmm. down on your phone yeah so there's also a filter uh so you can check so there's a certain ratio to how christian you are versus how little of the bible you've actually read mm-hmm. so uh, i think that the i think the most desired number is somebody who says they're very christian extremely christian extremely yes. christian a very low understanding of what the Bible actually says. Yeah, That's the they, one they've who, read they've read the title. They've read yeah they've read the title and I think that they've uh, and a couple Amazon they, they've they, they've read a few <laughs> things from Google. Um, they that, can probably spell Bible. <laughs> yeah, you want to you want to make sure that they can they can spell the Bible too. So um, you can search for people based on how many pictures of reptilian uh, hieroglyphs they have on their <laughs> desktop. Um, so, uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty great. So, um, it's probably a filter for, um, if the Columbine was an inside job like that. Oh, absolutely. Um, you want to know that that's for, that's for the younger people signing up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, The people in high school, they want to know that information. Yeah. And so, um, also when you, you can find out, uh, I think when you sign up, it says how many UFO sightings have you uh, personally experienced uh, so you can go oh, from okay. zero one to two three to four uh, t- tw- 20 plus um, so then you can uh, find a partner who's seen about the same amount of UFOs as you have seen do they as dif- well. do, do, do they differentiate between sightings and abductions like uh, I I'm I'm not quite sure they didn't that, that that's not in the info packet that oh, okay. they gave me you probably yeah it's probably probably like okay. a sighting or whatever um, you can uh, find somebody based on what their beliefs are in Area 51. I think it says that you can even filter through whether you've tried to break into Area 51. So if you're looking for somebody who really knows the truth... You're looking for a partner to help you break into Area 51. Yeah, to find out to find out um, all the aliens uh, that the government is hiding from uh, people. So um, there's... Maybe I, whether or not they are an alien. Yeah, and there's, there's so there's forums and sub-forums on there, so you can talk about... Uh, you know how there's a face on Mars and a face on the Moon and uh, and on Earth that's actually left over from ancient aliens who visited here. Um, you can talk about the, like I was saying earlier. There's a reptilian. There's the pseudo elite of Earth's secret societies. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also talk about some of the Masonic companies. You know the the old Masons uh, or whatnot. So you can see there's the Sonic logo it's got it's got kind of the the illuminati type triangle in there yeah. so you guys can get in there and discuss that i mean uh yeah i think there's a whole illuminati section that you can uh, triangles are discuss. everywhere mm-hmm. yeah so um i think that also uh very similar to the ratio for the biblical stuff there's also a, a scientific ratio as well to uh, how much you discredit science to versus how much you actually know about science yes so uh you can find somebody who is very vocal about uh, not liking science, but you can also find them well, make al- sure they're not a scientist. Or what anything. if you really like science, but it's alternative science? It's not yeah, I, I, yeah, there's there's definitely a, you can definitely sort uh, your women that way oh, as well, okay. too. So, um, cool, I think that's but, it. But, but yeah, it's much like Alex Jones always says, there's a war on for your mind, but on this app, there's a war on for your heart. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Is there so. is there a same sex dating here? No, absolutely oh, not. Get, no, get off this app. Yeah, get, get it. Yeah, they um, if you well, they'll ask you though, and then uh, if you say that you want a same sex relationship, that it'll uh, block you from ever using the app. The app again. just shuts oh. down. Yeah, it just, Thank I mean, God. it's kind I of a trick. Just making sure. Yeah, because they um, people people are not honest with themselves about what they believe, and they're uh, not honest with other people. So you have to trick them uh, into telling the truth. Um, they even try to make it easy to accidentally click that you're gay, um, so that you can accidentally reveal the truth about yourself. Even if you, it's like a, a Freudian slip. Oh, I click gay. Yeah, yeah. All these like, little gay, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, we don't want. They don't want you're you out of here, listen. pal. So, uh, <laughs> well, thanks, Alex Jones, thanks. for all that sweet ad revenue. Yeah, head over to infowarsmeet.com/slash/realmen. Type in promo code men if you want to meet men and. Uh, Women, if you want to meet women, mm-hmm. great. So. Are we saving the money on? Uh, their no, no, they're no, just no. using the promo code. Just use the promo code, so we get some ad revenue. <laughs> you need a promo code to get to the app. It's like a secret code. Oh, okay. yeah, it's yeah. You can't even. Yeah, like you can't. I guess. Yeah, I've kind of missed out on. <laughs> I haven't fully explained this. Like, you cannot just access this website. Like, you have to get an invite. You have to be a listener of this podcast or an, any of the other podcasts. Other they're affiliates. App. Like, yeah, it, 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 this is a. This is a special society for people who understand the truth about the universe. Like, you can't, you're not going to see an ad on Facebook or on Google, uh, you know, telling you about this. Like, you're not going to see an ad on the television. Like, like those people, they don't know the truth and they, they're not going to be able to accept it. So, you, you have to, you have to, you have to get in through these, uh, these, these okay. side channels because the, the road to the truth is narrow and the road to hell is wide. So, mm-hmm. I can accept that. With that, with, with that being said, uh, Mueller, yeah. you wanna you wanna talk about some movie maybe? Your favoriteest. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about loved. my most not hated movie ever. Man, uh, I sound like a jerk now. <laughs> I'm only talking about love. <laughs> I'm gonna lose my it. commando shirt, man. This says it all right here. So, uh, raise your hand when you know what movie i'm bringing in right here <laughs> i think i think already, i know brain's already got his hand okay I, I don't know with you i never know what to think with you oh, okay okay i'm gonna watch andy's face okay <laughs> you watch andy's face and you uh you object as soon as you can tell you so this is play. your most not hated this movie is my ever? most not hated movie ever of the week of the week okay the year is 1994 <laughs> Am I supposed? You want me to try? Were you born yet? No. Were you born? The yet? year is not. Uh, I was born in ninety one. The year is nineteen ninety four, and I'm three years old. And a new. <laughs> I think I already know what it is. There was a couple that jumped. I was thinking it was a year, but uh, yeah. sorry, go on. And a new piece of art is unleashed into the world. It's full of heart, emotion, wacky nineties punk styled characters playing screaming electric cu- guitars and boom boxes. Advanced rotoscope-inspired animation. Yeah, I'm not going to raise my hand, but I know <laughs> what it is. Stunning and creepy sets and backdrops. A haunting, yet soothing score. And a whole bunch of apes. No, it's not a New Planet of the Apes sequel, ladies and gentlemen. My most not-hated movie ever... Of the week. Of is week. none other than the Super Nintendo classic Donkey Kong Country 2. Because on Real Movies with Real Men, everything is a movie. Woo! Didn't, uh, were, you, were you just describing uh, the first one there? 
Oh, yeah, I guess uh, Donkey Kong Country 2 came out a year or two later than oh, the first one. Oh, what an idiot. idiot. The year is 1996. <laughs> just start over. <laughs> just start, uh, I'm no. five years old. <laughs> no, nothing Muller ever does aims to make any sense, so it doesn't matter. Well, I mean, your guess was that I was bringing in a cheese sandwich for <laughs> my, my most not hated movie yeah, ever. I still, I mean, when I said I knew, that's what I thought you were saying with your. <laughs> you can't eat dairy. Uh, no, <laughs> not very well. Yeah. <laughs> so, Donkey Kong Country 2 is one of the greatest <laughs> not, not hated movies for the Super Nintendo ever made. Uh-huh. Uh, it is so full of heart and charm, and I think that movies can learn a thing or two from this game. So I'm not going to... This is a video game, obviously. Uh, it's a movie that's a video game. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure going to. There's some cutscenes in it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not. I don't. I don't. I'm not going to talk too much about uh, the the gameplay. Gameplay is fantastic. Feels great to play. Super fun. You can whip through levels really quickly. All the levels are designed in a way that you can. You know, if you if you have a rope that's swinging back and forth that you have to time. If you sprint as fast as you can the rope will always just happen to be timed for when you're going to do so it's really fun to watch somebody play through this game really quick or you can take it slow if you're new well what makes it cooler the ropes change speed they they appear on screen in such a position that if you're running and you jump right away like if you're jumping over a gap you don't have to time it you just jump and it'll it'll always work that's the way the developers designed they put key key effort into making sure that if you're watching somebody speed run like you're not going to run and it's like oh here's a gap let's stop and wait and do this it's like you're only going to stop and wait if you're inexperienced you don't know i'm reckless when i play platformers so i'm always running so i never and i I think i think a good one is going to be designed just like andy's favorite uh super meat boy yeah it's going to be designed in a way that you can be reckless and run as fast it's more brutish and they're not making you stop super meat boy is encouraged to be wreck to be oh yeah yeah totally is can so what 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 makes Donk, why Donkey Country two? Because when I think about back about playing these Donkey Kong Country games, which I haven't played all of them, like I would hold the first one closer to heart, mo- only because I think gameplay wise they're probably fairly similar, but only because uh, like Diddy Diddy's not that cool. Diddy's kind of lame, and whatever Dixie the chick he plays, nobody wants to play with a girl monkey. Donkey Kong's cool. He's wearing a tie. What are, you, what are you talking about here? Dixie Kong is the most fun character in the whole series. Are you just saying that because you want to fuck her? Because <laughs> <laughs> she can fly, yeah, man. You. She's definitely the most useful. I'm not talking about yeah, that. Yeah, she's though. the most I'm talking useful. about cool. She plays an electric guitar every time you beat the level. Yeah, that is, is kind of cool. What, is, what does Diddy do? He has a boombox. <laughs> it's, it's a little. It's a little more nineties specific. Dated cool. <laughs> little, it's still cool. Yeah. So um, the uh, the only I guess the only I don't even call this a downfall, but it's more pandering to nostalgia. Is that you do have some of those elements of like extreme, like this. You know, yeah. the monkeys have boomboxes. I I guess Donkey Kong wearing a tie is is slightly more timeless than uh than a boombox uh but no i would this the game is the game it has the best music it has the best levels in it um the art design is the most interesting it has like it's just kind of this haunting creepy thing that uh, i that really sticks with you and you really feel like you go somewhere the third one is really really good too um, but it's just missing a little bit of that heart that makes it the most interesting. And the third one, you have to play as this baby Kong. And oh, he, baby Kong like, sucks. That's what I sucks. Never made it like that Donkey far. Kong sucks because like he's huge. Like he, he's very hard to play. Like you can never make any of the like jumps. I just that he's wearing a tie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Going, Not the way he go, plays or anything like that. Trying to go to work like and that. these assholes are stealing his bananas. Like, God damn it. <laughs> so, 
um, I, I'm not going to spend too much time arguing why I think the second one is the best. I think people argue between. I I, have, I don't hear many people argue for the first one being the best. The second one has this awesome secret world in it that if you if you if you and each level has a bunch of secrets in it. Um, in the first one, if you if you get if you beat a secret level, it's like what do you get? Oh, it's like a life. You get a life balloon, and it's like oh well, how does that help? It's like well, you can die more and. Yeah. If you die, if you run out of lives, you already don't go very far back. So it's like yeah. it, it doesn't really. Whereas in the second one, it's like every level has several secrets in them. And if you get the secrets, they unlock a bunch of cool. Like there's five or six oh, yeah. levels at the end of the game that you can't get unless you've got all these secrets. And the last one before uh, fighting the the final boss a second time, you get to fight the boss a second Brutally time. How hard. cool is that? Yeah. Um, that? yeah, it's like the hardest level in any Donkey yeah. Kong game. So it's quite an ex- so. There's like a serious reward for like exploring 10, the levels. I say like 10 to 15 hours of gameplay added. Like, because those levels. Okay, no, that's. You and the I levels beat that are so whole, hard. You though, and I man. beat that whole game in nine hours. So I. The whole, <laughs> seriously? Yeah, that's, what, like that's, what, that's what the we clock said. We're playing those bonus levels for forever. Yeah, it took, yeah. So, um, anyways, let's talk. Let's, let's, I, I, let's draw this back to movies a little bit, though. Because I think movies <laughs> have a lot to learn from Donkey Kong Country, too. A lot. I'm interested to see where this is. This argument's going, and how little sense it makes. So, so you and I already touched on this earlier. Uh, my main point here um, was that take advantage of my imagination more. Don't tell me how to feel. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me to be sad. Make me sad. And I think that Donkey Kong Country is a game that does this really well. It packs a ton of emotion, a ton of heart, a ton of impact by just showing you cool things. So think about the characters. It's like, you remember, you remember, oh, she's, there's a girl character. She kind of fought. Like, when was the last time you really played these games? Like, you were a kid, right? I had this one. I never played it on Super Nintendo, but I had it for the Game Boy, which I think was virtually the same game. Oh, uh, yeah. no, I have it, too. The, the, with the Is yellow cartridge? Yeah, it's Donkey, gonna, Kong yeah Donkey Kong Land. Land. Yeah. It's, it's different. Yeah, it's, 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 different. Sim- it's similar in gameplay, but the, the game Anyways, is different. Anyways, you nerds. Like, I, know, I, know, I don't hold Donkey Kong as, as close to heart as you, despite no. the fact that he's always that my main, my main choice game. in Mario Kart. Yeah. Um, so the, each of the characters, they use, like, just a few... There's, like, a few minor vocal samples of, like, you know, the monkeys kind of make... E- each monkey has its own voice so when you're uh you know when you're in trouble the monkey ah, 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 and the mm-hmm. monkey's making little beeps they're very recognizable every time you beat a level the the girl you know she plays her electric guitar uh diddy kong the boy the boy monkey you know he'll pull out a boom box and like do some funky thing after or whatever um they are they have these like costumes that you can remember and you just like you put them in, in this environment and you can just you just remember it like i i remember going back to this years later and it's you don't need to do a lot to give a character a, a lot of personality. So I think about the movie Drive from 2011, main character played by Ryan Gosling. <laughs> when I think about Donkey Kong Country, <laughs> think back about the movie Drive. Like, <laughs> so when I... Go on. <laughs> doesn't talk a lot in that movie. Mm-hmm. Not, not a lot of dialogue, yet I think that it, the character leaves a really striking impression on you. He, in drive. Like, yeah, in drive. Like yeah. Ryan got he's this mysterious guy. You don't really know where he's come from. You don't quite understand what his motivations are, but there's a few he's drives. He's uh-huh. very confident. 
right? He's, he's good at that. He has a way that he does things. Uh-huh. Um, and he kind of lets himself go outside of that process as he kind of falls for this girl, right? In this, so you're going to movie. compare the protagonist and drive to a bunch of monkeys in, <laughs> in this video yeah. game? Yeah, like a mon- he's just like a bunch. He's just like a barrel of monkeys. Uh, but you, you, the point is that you start asking questions of yourself. You say, you know, where, where did this guy come from? There's like a little bit of a, a mystery and stuff. And you don't want every little... like. Like this is this is what doesn't happen in Donkey Kong Country. There's not a scene, there's, as, even though there's a few scenes of dialogue in it where you're talking to Cranky Kong or whatever, and he's complaining about the good old days when video uh-huh. games were really hard, which is already hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, oh, "What are you, you, you young whippersnappers? Like when I was a guy, kid, we didn't have lives. Like you know, yeah. like, that, like it's we didn't have a partner to help us through the game or whatnot." Um, but. Uh, you don't have some dialogue that's like, oh, Diddy Kong is uh, this uh, cool, you, you know, he's a cool guy. Like, he likes to listen to boombox music and stuff. He he just pulls out the boombox, and that's how he celebrates. And you just kind of see this action. So there's this very visual depiction that you can kind of get together with. See, but so, this is where it's a weird comparison. And any comp- anytime you're comparing to like a video game character to a movie character, and, and, and if you've ever talked to me in person about video games, you'll know how much I hate story and games and, and how mostly unnecessary I feel it is. Um, but that's why, for me, it's a weird comparison because it's like you don't... In a, in a movie about a character, because that drive is very character-driven, um, you don't... You want to know... Uh, a ton about the motivations or at least you want to feel the motivations but in donkey kong country or any video game most video games especially super nintendo era like platformers you don't really need to know their motivations like what, what's the motivation in this i know donkey kong one they steal his bananas you get it back <laughs> that's fucking it and it's just like <laughs> any motivation beyond that is your own internal uh, motivations because it's like yeah i need to well, i need to know i need to get from uh, left to right yeah, so because I, my bananas are at right. Read the read the subtitle of Donkey Kong Country too. Diddy Kong's quest. Diddy's Kong quest. They have to because Kong got kidnapped, so they go. Rest yeah, I, I do have so to I point out how now. great this title is. By the way, it's awesome. So Diddy's Kong quest, and but it's I'm just saying, Kong with a K. Yeah, they're it's, the a great, Kongs. it's a great title. Diddy Kong. It's Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, Dixie Kong. All their last names, uh, just like Mario. Remember in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Mario's last name is Mario. (laughs) So then what's your name? Mario. What's your last name? Mario. You're Mario Mario. What's your name? Luigi. Luigi Mario. (laughs) It's like, it's, it doesn't, doesn't have quite the the same ring. The great movie that that was. Uh, (laughs) But my point being, it's like in a, in a video game, they didn't dwell too much on personality, on, on personality and motivation because they don't have to, because you're, you're, you're setting the motivation in your head when you play a video game. Yeah. So, they that, don't have to, so that's that, why it's a weird and, comparison. And, and my main point here is take advantage of my imagination. Make me feel. <laughs> so I also I, I agree that I don't think the motivation is that important. I do also agree, though, that you I became motivated as part of this. And I think that there See, is a I, way that you can manipulate somebody's... Uh, ima- I, yeah, I know I'm going on a tangent here, but I just I feel like there is something there in the vein of saying you can say less to say more. Sure. And uh, but more more importantly but, is that you remember the character. That, I, that's I this, that's what I think is most important. This is where the, I, I just I just it. might feel differently when I play a video game. Like I, yeah, any kind of background motivation can have like a, a subconscious effect on my enjoyment or what I get out of the game. But for the most of part, like my motivation toward a game, my motivation toward a game is geared. Uh, 
by the gameplay being good and wanting to play more of it to get to the end of the game. Like, yeah. I don't care care much about Diddy Kong's trials and tribulations. <laughs> Never have. Like, th- that's what I get out of games is the gameplay. I don't know. The motivation is it's completely unimportant. Well, me. I mean, in a video, and I know a ton of people are going to disagree with me. On like, well, it kind of leads to my next point, though, is that. Um, in a video game, like the trials and tribulations, they're not Diddy's trials and tribulations. They're yours, right? Because yes. you're the one playing it. So, but a part of what makes the characters memorable in this game is that you have kind of these two characters with this dynamic, right? So they, you triumph together with them if you actually don't suck at video games, uh, and you start to get to know their strengths and weaknesses. You know, well, Diddy's really fast, so he can he can jump through the level really quickly. But if you're really if you're really cautious about something, you're uncertain. You switch over to Dixie Kong, and you can fly, so you can check out areas. She kind of glides, right? So you don't you don't have to commit to a jump. If you can't, if you don't know exactly where you're going, right? So, but she's a little bit slower. She's not as she's not as quick as Diddy Kong. Plus, so, she's a girl. Nobody wants to be yeah, yeah. a girl. So, Ew. each character has strengths, and each character has weaknesses. Both. So, of them. yeah, both, <laughs> both, <laughs> both of them. Each character. <laughs> yeah. So, if your character doesn't have both of these things, dude, turn your, your phone off. Just man. mute your goddamn phone, you How idiot. How hard yeah, is well, it? Okay. Um, so if your character, (laughs) if your character doesn't have both of these things, if you don't have these strengths and weaknesses that you can easily identify, they become less memorable. So yeah, it's a video game. You triumph, but they're together. You learn things about it, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? But the main lesson that you can take this into movies is clear strengths, clear weaknesses, more memorable character. So Makes again, sense str- or not. Strengths and weaknesses in video games are a difference. Like strengths and weaknesses are based on uh, player output and what you can expect in terms of gameplay. Like their strengths and weaknesses. I, I as, feel like as a I feel like you are just unable to translate things. Like you're just like like somebody's yeah, I, talking to you about fix, filling up their car with diesel. You're like, I just don't understand how that works because like, well, I put gas in my car. Like I don't know. I cannot make any sort of like sort of like abstract translation to what that means compared to mine. But my like, point it's not is like the, the reasonings that it's like it's it, it is a certain way in video games as to why the same thing is 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 it's. Different reasons. So you're telling me that it is tonally, it is these things are different. You're telling me that it is not a clearly accepted storytelling uh, foundation that your character should have strengths and weaknesses. For a video games, I don't really care about their strengths and strengths and weaknesses. When Sorry, I think you're, about you're strengths getting and really caught up on what makes a good video game. Sorry, you're talking about a video game. That's I'm, why. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying Sorry. here is a good game, and here are the things movies can learn from it. So put this in the movie. That's not so complicated. But you're saying like I had no idea you were saying. But you're saying I literally like, said that. You're saying like much <laughs> no like idea. much like a movie, but it's like well, no, it's not like a movie because they're doing those same things for completely different reasons. Yeah, it's almost those as, reasons. It's are almost as if I've cherry picked points that I think will translate well over into a movie, to like me, characters having strengths and weaknesses. Why I'm I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> bogging down on this is because it feels like you're reaching. It's like, oh, there's this thing in the game, and it's it's just like in the movies. It's like it kind of it feels like a. Stretch. I never said it was just like in the movies. Uh, you said something like that. I said movies. Sorry, we had can, to take movies a break, can so apply this technique, and I know that that works. I'm I'm saying you can learn lessons from things that are not identical to each other. You can Well, I, thank goodness <laughs> that Nicholas went in ref and played Donkey Kong Country 2 <laughs> and was able to use those motivations for for drive when he made it. 
clear, clearly shooting for the same thing. Yeah, I'm pretty. I, I think that being able to make uh, like abstract connections between things. Abstract is, like, is, is a key word it, in that sentence, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it's like an important part in creativity. It's like it's exactly what we talked about when we talked about being inspired by a tr- true story. And it's like, oh yeah, I saw, I saw this unrelated thing that kind of inspired me in this way. And it's like. Yeah, maybe that makes for a dumb. Unrelated is a key word uh, yeah. in that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> Seemingly unrelated, <laughs> but 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 you see a connection. Like that's like that's how the human brain connects things like that. And I think that I see a connection, but it's a weird thing to to talk about in terms of a comparison because the connection feels like you're really reaching to me. Yeah, I think that uh, I think you can learn from it. So like, what I, have Dixie? And you clearly Diddy like you? you just want to talk about Donkey Kong Country. We've <laughs> already got past the point where you need an excuse to talk about it. Just talk about Donkey Kong Country. It's not. It's not like a movie. If it is like a movie, it's it's like a weird children's one where it's not that good of a movie. It's not. It's not. It's not like a movie. Am I crazy? Like you keep putting the words. putting the words in my mouth that I'm saying like it's I, like a movie. I feel like I heard that. I maybe I've lost my train of. Train yeah, of like I'm saying, movies there. can learn from it. It's like same thing. I would say uh, there's a piece of art. It's like, can a movie learn from this? Yeah, probably because there's a lot of visual things, and movies have visual things as well. It's like, here's a video game. Is it like a movie? No. Does it have characters? Yeah, movies have characters too. Right, okay, well, the things that make those characters good might be similar. They might be able to draw from each other to create something more interesting than the sum of their parts. It's almost as if people who are pioneers in uh, certain creative fields are able to take things that other people don't see connections from combine them, synthesize them, and then people think they're some amazing pioneer. Right, well, we're going right? in circles. I just, I, I never would have felt. Oh, the... sorry, it's my phone, guys. <laughs> Brain's just been fiddling. We're, we're with... out of soup. Oh, I'll get, I'll get right on it, guys. Sorry about that. I just Brain's been fiddling with his phone for like a minute trying to get it to ring. I always have it on silent. Day. I never use it. I just, I never would have felt those same connections, and it, that's why it feels weird to me. But we're going, we're going, why, in, we're going in circles. Giant so, hack, and that's why you haven't made any amazing movies lately. I mean, I'm also not a big fan of the Donkey Kong Country video games. What either, an idiot! So. Well, there's where you're right. a real fool because we're talking about an amazing game with incredible art design. So, do you know how they did the art in this game? I think they they with drew computers they, with computers, eighty thousand euro computers to be exact. That's how much they cost. That's how much the one of the computers costed just to, to do they? the render. I don't know, probably a few. What's a euro worth? Why did you say euro? Why didn't you say yeah, something? Yeah, because that's how much it costs. But how? What yeah, is that in our money? I don't, I don't know, like 120 back, grand back or 180 grand or something. Are you guessing or is that true? I don't know because I can translate to US dollars better than. Well, I think the Canadian. conversion was different back like 20 yeah, years see, ago. Yeah, see, it's, it's confusing. Yeah, I, let's I don't look know. Let's that up quick, guys. 19, yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Super Nintendo, not a console that can handle 3D very well at all. <laughs> Like you're not you're not playing Super Mario sixty four in that it's not it doesn't have the capability it it, mm-hmm. it, it renders sprites, um, so what they did with Donkey Kong because they were they're running behind so you got you got the PlayStation coming out you got these consoles that are starting to tout these three D graphics and you don't have uh, what do we got we got the Super Nintendo what the hell are we gonna do so what they ended up doing is something really clever which I think we've talked about before, when you're under limitation, you do something more creative, mm-hmm. is they rendered all of their characters in 3D, all the backdrops, and then they drew over them as sprites. So 
what you're seeing is act technically a 2D image, right? Like the person just yeah. they just drew in the pixels to look like like this, but because it was drawn of a 3D image, they all all the characters look very 3D. Like it feels like you're playing a 3D game, okay. and it actually feels a lot better. Like if you compare the way that the game graphically looks to something a few years in the future, like Super Mario 64. Like I think that Andy, you have said on many occasions that the early 3D graphics of oh, fucking uh, horrible. They're because the, the 64 because they're polygon based, right? They're yeah, they haven't aged well. No, no. they haven't. And in once another opinion that I've slowly come to adopt more that I you know against my own will, um, <laughs> but the more you, the more you <laughs> said do it, force you to do things you don't want. Yeah, <laughs> by in persuasion, <laughs> yeah. by repeating. Uh, First, yeah, we ask you, we tell you you have nice shoes, <laughs> and then we buy you a drink, <laughs> slip a roofie in that, and it's. So it's called the. It's drawn from like an old technique called rotoscoping, uh, which is uh, I think you've seen that in that Waking Life movie where they they f- you right. film something, yeah. uh, so you have you have the film shot and then you take you blow up all those stills, you know, because a a movie is made up of what thirty frames per second in most good Mostly. cases. Mostly, either twenty four or like twenty nine. So that's something. that means thirty pictures a second that are being shown very quickly, um, that create movement. So you just draw over each one of those pictures with a pencil or whatever, and you have a very weird uh, effect that gets created, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so very similar concept applied, but in in Donkey Kong, which leads to what I think. I, I mean, I I wish they would still do this today because I think it looks freaking great. Like I most most three D graphics I see today like are not that impressive unless somebody's done mm-hmm. something particularly interesting stylistically, and they've translated these Donkey Kong games, these two D side scrollers, into modern. Like there's some games for the Wii or whatever that's Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze or some garbage, and it just looks horrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's the most sterile because they they're just using yeah they've got decent polygon graphics because it's twenty. 14 or whatever they, that those games came out but it's like man it would have been way better if you'd just gotten the if you had just traced over that uh yeah. with some pixels like it would have been a way more charming look other than the fact that all the environments are really boring too so mm-hmm. that you can't fix that yeah i've seen like a lot of those they, they call them the new super mario brothers games and like, oh I think yeah the last one i played was on the ds back when i had a, a ds but i know they made another one for the wii or whatever and they feel awful like they, they just, don't control they look all at all. so boring because yeah, that's exactly what you're saying. They take those 3D graphics and then they just they make them in a 2D setting. But the, those graphics are horribly uninteresting in 2D when they could have done something cool, like stylistically, like like a Rayman, like the new Rayman. Yeah, the new Rayman games, looks like, great. Stylistically, they it's a 2D game and it just looks. Fun. It looks like a 2D new, game. There's a Rayman video game. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Hoffman. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't played. You got to get him either. to clean windows and stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, no. Um, so I, I think back to when we're watching something like Escape from New York, John Carpenter and when Kurt Russell. When you're playing Russell. Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, while you're playing Donkey Kong Escape Country on New my York. tube TV on the left, I've got on the plasma t- LCD TV on the right, I got Escape from New York playing. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, in, in that movie, and I think a lot of others, 80, 80s movies, they have these uh, like painted sets, like these painted backdrops. Matte paintings. Yeah, pardon. They're called matte paintings. Map. Matt. 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 M a t t e. I think matte so. Yeah. Paintings. Okay. Yeah, and I think about that. That's something that they did because they had to. 
in the 80s, but it ended up being way better than it whatever so garbage. Better. I wish they would make a comeback. Doesn't uh, in they look so Grand good. Budapest Hotel? Don't well, Grand Budapest Hotel is all miniatures, too. Oh, min- okay. Yeah. The, the whole hotel That's is Wes a Anderson, though. Like, he loves those old school techniques. Yeah. And uh-huh. they look so good. I don't know if you've ever seen the behind the scenes on no, Grand Budapest Hotel, but no. uh, there's just a few image galleries online that just show the models, and then like it backs up so you can oh, see sweet. the model in context of... Uh, it's like it looks incredible, and it really shows when you watch that movie. Like, mm-hmm. they, yeah, it's funny because like the the hotel does look as gorgeous as like some very intricately made 16th century dollhouse or something that they would have made for some rich yeah. jerk kid, um, monarch. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but like it, it kind of has that feel, and it's like yeah, they they look great. So, you have these things that kind of happened out of necessity; they get replaced by computers. And then it's like, maybe we should have gone back to that. Like, maybe that's still the right way to do it. And I think that some of the art design in this, especially that rotoscoping, is something that I would like to see more. And um, just thinking just thinking about that. So I think there's a lesson that we can learn, if, uh, which is go back to the way that we were doing <laughs> things and consider if that's better. Go, go back to China. <laughs> I was expecting some sort of speak English or get out. Speak English or get out of here. So Sorry. Yeah, I don't have the same love for this rotoscope look that you have, but I agree with the mentality of it's like just because you have like better computer graphics technology doesn't mean that that look necessarily is good for every kind of uh, game. Yeah, I'm trying to take the best I can my subjective love for the game and try to get it back to <laughs> a more universal thing that, that can be agreed upon. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the the sets on this thing. So there's... Um, Aren't they all just jungles? No, of course not. Oh, there's not. like a beehive. Oh, yeah, no, the, the beehive set, one is The sweet. second one's awesome. So you yeah. start out on like this, you know, this pirate ship. The first the first world in a Donkey Kong is always the most normal world, right? It's like things aren't haven't gone too sour yet, right? So you're just yeah, on a Yeah, those are the jungles. You're just on a right? giant cool-looking pirate or ship. A pirate ship. Yeah, cuz the second one ship. the theme is all pirate ships. So you're you're on this if you, if you just imagine uh, you know, an ice cream cone turned upside down, that's what this island looks like. That's the shape of the island. It's a very tall island, mm-hmm. you know, with a base. So you've got, you, so if you you look around this island, I'll probably put a photo up or something. But uh, there's all these like crashed ships and this dark green murky water. You're like in the middle of the storm, and that's kind of like the big world map that you're in. So um, you got crashed ships. You've got a lava world. You've got like this weird swamp world, which I I hate. Um, you've got like oh, this. Yeah. You got this cool carnival carnival world that's like full I love of like. The carnival it's world. got weird like train cart games where you're you're on a mine you're on like a on a roller coaster, mm-hmm. but there's like a ghost chasing you and stuff like that. Like it's super just mm-hmm. really insane. And then you end up like in a beehive and you're fighting bees and you've got honey all over the place and it's just like there's all these crazy environments that you really, mm-hmm. you know, you really latch onto. So it, having really good concept art. That is actually like you don't do much in the world map. You just like move to the next level, but you really remember that area. So one thing that I've been seeing in movies a lot lately, um, pretty typical movie making technique. You have a wide shot uh, that shows you the setting of the place they're in. Mm-hmm. You have a medium shot, so you get up closer, and then maybe there's some dialogue. It does a close shot, or maybe an over sh- over the shoulder shot. The person says something. Or if you're a hack, you'll use the close shots for your action scenes for some reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And well, th- and yeah. this is exactly what I'm getting getting to is that uh, 
I've seen some movies lately where the the setting hasn't even been established. Like they've just gone straight to the medium or close shot. Yeah. But I think I feel like that happened in the Expendables when I was watching it. But um, it's like let's just get back. Let me just see where we are. Give me some something gorgeous to look at. You know, I think that. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't want to reference the countless Stanley Kubrick movies or all these movies with great cinematography. Like, I don't really have yeah, to get into his that. His movies are nothing but amazing. Yeah, they're, they're nothing <laughs> but amazing shots. And it's like, I Donkey Kong Country has it too. Here, guys, you got you have these. Um, you know, when you walk into, I a thought level, Stanley Kubrick did make Donkey Kong Country too. <laughs> what? What? You mean he didn't? You've Weird. got you've got this great world map, uh, and every distinct area that you go is very very different. And it's all pretty appealing and scary. You walk in, it's oh man, I'm going into like this this weird lava place, and but the but the but the lava cave looks like a guy's mouth eating you or something. Mm. Everything is just like so hazardous, and it really gives you this feeling that sticks with you. Like it's kind of a scary game to play, even though it's just a dumb platformer and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You start it there, you go into the world. Now you got your medium shot, so now now you can kind of see more of uh, the intricacies of that place that you've gone in. You pop into the level. Now you get to really examine the fine details of everything. And doing that builds a great context for moving through it. And it really helps it to imprint on your memory. I can envision every part of this game and not just because I played the game countless times. Like I, I remembered it from, once again, from when I was a kid, when there's a gap between being a kid and then you get into newer games and you realize, oh, I kind of like this stuff this is, I used to play. You're too. talking about like a month ago when you were a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Huh. So... Um, and the, (laughs) so once again, you don't have to over inundate us with a million shots. I don't have to see all this stuff. Something simple can leave a huge impression. Take advantage of my imagination a little bit. I I get to molest me a little. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, you get the feeling off of what you see and what you hear. So I guess my last point is that sound can make a huge difference. Uh, to the feeling. So every level in this game has a different soundtrack. So if you're in the bramble levels where you're 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 running in, uh, there's a bunch of you know you're inside a bunch of like bushes like uh, yeah like uh, blackberry bushes. You know there's thorns everywhere and stuff. There's a soundtrack for those levels and you always remember them and you pop back. So there's almost like it's almost like there's this theme that kind of follows it uh, follows you around. Mm-hmm. And I think in Mad Max Fury Road like they kind of have this like this war theme that they're playing, right? That's, you know, every time that comes on, you start to get really jazzed. And they, they you, you have like, a, what happened to the, the score where every, everybody, every character, there's a certain tone you're trying to set. This character walks on, on stage or walks on screen and they have kind of, there's, 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 there's some sounds that are associated with that person that really help you to remember them. So you're seeing them, you're hearing them, mm-hmm. you start to hear these sounds and it's like, that's that person. That's iconic, right? Yeah. I-, I guess this happens, like, for me in the type of games that I play. Like, I don't play a lot of big AAA games or whatever. Uh, so all these things you're talking about, like, I play a lot of smaller indie games and, and whatever. I feel like all of these things are just, it doesn't feel like this is something that's exclusive to the past or Donkey Kong Country. Mostly, I think, just because the kind of games I'm playing are games like Super Meat Boy and, and like, Hyper Light Drifter, where it's like, yeah, these things are still But happening. you can see that in movies a lot, like... Bland soundtrack. Oh yeah, that scores. Doesn't highlight. Scores have gone way downhill. If you talk, like, if we want to think about uh, 
just some of the movies that we always reference, like Ghostbusters. It's like it has the Ghostbusters theme. Back to the Future, like literally on my drive here as like a vocal exercise, I was humming the Back to the Future theme. Like you mean the Huey Lewis and the news? Oh, I remember every time there's a triumphant moment. I remember the I remember the RoboCop one. Yeah, I remember all of the Gremlins one that we always we always hum. Like even lesser known, like 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 or lesser liked by you like even like Harry Potter has like this like I've only seen the first Yeah, one, but it's 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 got do, 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 do. like you have these themes and it's like I feel like most things deserve that. Like if you're if you're making something really good even uh, Drive. Drive's got this Drive's got yeah, this Nicholas, theme. Got Nicholas that. Winding Refn knows how to handle his soundtrack. Yeah, what's uh, it's that story. Night Call song by Kavinsky or whatever. Mm-hmm, That's sure. uh, kind of the big one uh, on that. So you, I think that you really build, when people talk about color, uh, it's not talking just about what you see, but the coloring of a movie, and I think, yeah, Drive mm-hmm. is a good example. Um, what you hear really sets the color. The, like, obviously, the actual literal color grading of the movie yeah. changes the color of it, but the, the other types of lighting that you're using, the types of the way that they're talking, all of these things build something that people call color or feel. And it's like... It, or tone. Gives, yeah, or, or tone. The common yeah. reference is tone. Yeah. So um, I use the word color because I'm more from a music background. So we talk about the way you master a song. It's like a song has a coloring to it, right? Sure. And which is very difficult to... What the hell does so that what, mean? What does a brown song sound like? <laughs> yeah, and the it's colors really are not red or white. <laughs> They're like, the, that's why it's not an actual color. <laughs> so, so, yeah, this game is just full of these amazing soundtracks. You got these weird pirate themes. You got these, you're in a spooky marsh and you got these re- genuinely spooky songs. I was throwing on songs in the car the other day from Donkey Kong Country. They got like the underwater level and I'm like, oh my oh, God, I like, love this, that is, song. This, is ma- this song is making me feel claustrophobic because like I'm being brought back to like playing in these like scary, like there's this one underwater level in Donkey Kong Country 2 where like you can't see anything and you oh, just have awful. this, you just yeah. have this fish who has a light. But every time you turn your body left or right, the fish follows you. So you can't see what's behind you if you're looking in one direction. And you're like in this like awful sunken ship. Sunken ships are like the scariest Super Nintendo Most disconcerting thing ever. levels. So, so disconcerting. <laughs> Remember in Super Mario World, like you go into that sunken ship and there's Yeah, that was what, the level when you said that. I yeah, think. Or, uh, yeah. yeah, it is, man. It's <laughs> freaky. Like you just go into this black abyss. It's like scares the hell out of me, man. There's this, so, ho- there's this hold music. Um, they used to have it, one of the places I call it work. And actually, Canadian Blood Services has it. I'll, I should call it before I leave today. The song they have for their hold music Every time I hear it, I feel like I'm listening to a Donkey Kong soundtrack. Oh, it's awesome. bizarre. It sounds like like something from the 90s, and it sounds like they took it right out of Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> That's it's so awesome. Great. So another great thing that happened in the Donkey Kong soundtrack, <laughs> so you have a pretty limited, uh, limited chipset with the Super Nintendo. What does that mean? So uh, the Super Nintendo has a chip that drives the sound in the game. So modern stuff... We don't really have to rely so much on that type of thing because they just play the song. Donkey Kong Country, you can't like the whole game is like four megabytes in size. That's everything in the game takes it. Like you, how much is an a three minute MP3? Like three three megabytes. That's like the size of the entire game. So it's like you can't just upload that whole thing in there. So they would do all sorts of weird things. They'd reuse samples. You take us. You he'd combine certain samples because you can reference the same audio sample multiple times. That's not going to increase. 
the memory of the game, right? Because it's just right. referencing something that's already on the cartridge. So you'd like combine and stack samples and stretch them to make it sound like a guitar or something, like all sorts of weird stuff to get the effects that they're, weird, look, they're okay. looking for My to create that soundtrack. And like it ends up with something that ends up being really, really thoughtful. So those types of limitations and creativity shine a lot in this game. My favorite example of what you're talking about is something I know that you, Braden, uh, know of when we play uh, Turtles in Time. Uh, Super Nintendo yeah. game because again there's limitations on what kind of sounds they can output because that's exactly what Molly was just that's explaining Super Nintendo, right? yeah yeah Super Nintendo uh, Turtles in Time you go back in time and uh, there's all these different themed levels there's a western level you go back to like the wild wild west and for every level oh, there's yeah. like there's like a vocal announcement for yeah. like the name of the level but of course they they couldn't do proper vocals on a Super Nintendo, so they just kind of had to like emulate like, yeah, what words. Voice and yeah. the one for the Wild Wild the Wild West uh, setting, it, the name of the level was uh, "Bury My Shell at Wounded Knee," yeah. and like the audio for it is so fantastically horrible. It's like "Bury My Shell at Wounded Knee." <laughs> it's just awful, and it's it's just yeah. hilariously awful. Yeah, I could see them trying to because like you can upload some vocal samples. You just like you wouldn't want one that long, right? Like that's going to take and up a lot of time. It was that long. Yeah. <laughs> well, I could imagine them trying to like chop it up and try to make those sounds with like a few like. So if you have like 10 syllables, you might have a vocal sample of three or four syllables and try to reuse them mm -hmm. and stretch them to like make them oh fit or something yeah. like that. I'm not saying that that happened in that case, but I think, uh, and everybody knows like the Genesis, the, the sounds are way worse than the They're Super Nintendo. Sound. Weren't they like, by they really? weren't they by like technicality, they were better like spec wise, but doesn't, they just sounded mean worse. Anything. It, they, uh, yeah, I agree. they sound so much worse. They sound way and, Cause the Super worse. Nintendo, I think could do like that type of sampling stuff where sampling is like taking an, uh, an audio file rather than like generating a tone with a sine wave or some shit like programmatically. So, um, the Super Nintendo, yeah, you, you had, it just, it was just better. It, you could just make better sounds on it that like were more convincing and it's, so anyways getting off of that total total nerd stuff the atmosphere that's created in this game uh which i think is one of the main reasons that it's i would set it apart from the other two because i think it has the best atmosphere i know we're pretty going getting away well, from that well over two hours getting away here. from that nerd stuff let's talk about the atmosphere and Donkey yeah, Kong yeah, yeah. <laughs> not nerdy at all so uh yeah it's it's you, it sticks with you. So I think what I'm trying to paint is a picture of art, which is you have something that you're looking at, you have characters you're attached to, you have sounds that you're experiencing, and all these things are all set in the context of this one map that I can visualize in my head right in one place. This isn't like... Uh, you know, newer video games where you play for an hour and I've traveled across like 20 kilometers of distance. Like, I'm not going to remember any of this like shit. Like, it's like, let's just get it all in one place yeah. that I can remember and work in and triumph in. And, uh, I think modern, there's some lessons modern, to be learned. Modern games, especially the big open world games, they do like to jerk themselves off on like, look how realistic this open world we've created is. It's like, yeah, but who, none of it's that memorable at Get all. Get back to storytelling. Who cares? Storytelling, um, characters, drama. Andy loves storytelling. <laughs> I do. Just yeah. not in video games. Yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, I know. <laughs> but you can tell a story in a video game, and I think oh, you, yes. your favorite game, I don't like how stories. <laughs> I don't like how stories are being told in mid yeah. modern video so games. So right. I, I would, I would right. definitely use your favorite game, The Binding of Isaac, to 
showcase a game that has basically no cutscenes other than like one little intro cutscene. All very and, like cryptic and metaphorical and, storytelling because all of your actions and motivations are guided by you, the yeah. person playing a video game, not necessarily the character. And you pick up weird items that have weird effects that yeah. tell you something about the story. And across hundreds of these weird items that you run into, yeah. you pick up your mom's tampon and use it as a weapon. And, 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 and it scares enemies away from you. Yeah. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So you, you, you get cancer in the game and it makes you cry more, which is how you attack things. So brilliant. it's a call to more meaningful uh, and thoughtful storytelling and things. How can we get away from just dialogue? Dialogue's great. It serves its purpose. How can we get into these other surrounding things, the things that cause tone, the things that cause yeah. you to feel a certain way? How can we hone in on those things? T tone in storytelling, like, again, I, I, I talked a bit last episode about how a casual audience might not notice certain things, but, like... But they'll feel it. Yeah, but tone in 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 all storytelling, like like movies and video games, is... This so important thing that that most casual audience they're aware of it subconsciously, but they won't actively think about it. It's like, it is so important. It's like almost more important than necessarily having a smart script. Like you can have kind of a bad script, but if you if you hit the right tone, you can make it work. You can make a lot of things work that might not necessarily have not worked uh, by finding the right tone for whatever you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Like tone is extremely important. And you can't tell somebody tone. They have to feel no, it. It's a you feeling. can't tell it's someone how to feel. Thing. You have to make them feel it. So, and that's what I that's what I think you can learn from Donkey Kong Country too, guys. Uh, that's 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 what you got for Donkey yeah. Kong Country. I would, I, and I would the only thing I would add on to that is that I think that you can also leverage someone's imagination. You can not. You don't have to over in like you don't have to inundate someone with, someone with tone. A few little decisions can stick with people, just like Doc Brown. It's like, oh, you can walk into a pharmacy in 1985. It's like that little comment kind of sticks with you, right? So mm. don't underestimate that. So now yeah. that you've heard my preachy lesson on so, what you can learn from Donkey Kong if any Country. Of our, if any of our listeners of this episode are born like anytime after the year 2000, they're going to be like, I don't know what these people are talking about. <laughs> what the Back hell the is future, a Donkey Kong? Commando, Come Donkey Kong, like, <laughs> <laughs> all of these things many years before they were born. They're not going to know what the fuck yeah. we're talking about. <laughs> so I have cool. a question for you, Muller. Yeah. How old were you when you first beat Donkey Kong Country? Three. Now Donkey Kong so, Country 2 or... or no, no, Country no, of course not. That, game, that game's hard. Muller thinks he beat it when he was What do you three? mean I think I beat it? <laughs> let, let, listen here. So Christmas morning... <laughs> I've 19... been around... Sorry, sorry continue. Christmas <laughs> morning, 1994. <laughs> I'm born in 1991. Do the math. I wake up. Mom and dad have this thing in a box, and I got—I don't even understand what this thing like fully is. I know that it looks like it is electronic, and that is very cool to me. And I've always been an interested in electronics, uh, so I guess since then, that must have been the inspiration. Should have been an electrician. I—I rem—I remember <laughs> opening that Super Nintendo box. It was the Donkey Kong pack, you know. So it came with a game. Yeah. Came came with your controller. It's not just the console. It's a combo pack. I remember opening that up on Christmas. I remember watching my dad play this and like the sense of wonder of even understanding how this little eight button controller with two bumpers on the top worked. I remember not even being able to like figure it out. And then my dad showed me and I figured out how to play it. And like within three months I had beaten that damn game. This and is such a fucking horseshit story. Like I've heard it <laughs> I've heard it so many goddamn times and it's like 
have you been around three-year-olds recently? They're all idiots. I have been around It's acceptable for them to be idiots because they're children and their brain's still de- developing, but they're all morons. They can't do anything. Dude, you like, could play Donkey Kong at three, but there's no way you're beating a game. Because I'm assuming, I, I've not, I, I don't think I've ever beaten a Donkey Kong game, but like a Donkey Kong Country game. But like I'm gonna assume by the later worlds it gets pretty. By hard. the there's a, there's specifically there's a the first level of the ice world. Um, there's like a barrel area where you keep firing out of these barrels. Yep. And that level is freaking hard. Like you basically you basically just have to play it for a while until you memorize where the next barrel is gonna be because it gets really snowy. Yes. Once again, repetition. You so can figure every, it out. Every, the reason I find this 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 the story of you beating Donkey Kong at three such horseshit because it's like you're basically trying to convince me that you were a child genius or child prodigy <laughs> and I just don't believe it. Or that I had a lot of time on my hands. Which three nah, I, 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 I know, still man. don't believe like at, at the age of three you used to know you said a lot of time on your hands. You said you beat in like what a short like three months or something like that. Sure. So I like, still, I so still, I still don't think so. Here's I see, why I, I, you, you, if you have like a nephew or a kid or whatever, like you can see them repeat the same things, but they're still pretty. Here's why I'm them. incredulous. Except for like these, I'm sure you're gonna ref, you might reference like some YouTube video of like a three year old well, playing violin who's like a, a genius or like some kind of weird form of autism where they're brilliant at this one thing. Well, I can, I can beat the first world of Donkey Kong Country two in under eight minutes. So now I am pretty good at that. But you're 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 like 14 now. Well, okay, whatever, so let, let me so. put it another way. <laughs> Remember that last action hero game that we were playing for the Super Nintendo? Unfortunately. And like we couldn't get past that, that car horrible, level. Horrible, horrible game. I guess. Uh, we, we, you beat the first level well. very, very hard, then you get into a car level, and we could only get to the car level because we had cheats. This is me today, right? We yeah. we we had cheats that gave us unlimited health, so we could get there. Didn't work in the car, so we never got past that level. As a kid, I did get past that level and I didn't use any cheats for it. So why am I so much worse at video games? If I'm so much worse at video games now than but I was when I was a kid. One level. It's like an entire game. It's a very at, hard level. At three, like yeah, well, I, I, would, I, I would say the first two levels of Last Action Hero I think, are harder than the entire Donkey Kong. I game. think what really happened is you have you know brief memories because as as at three you're not developing a ton of long term memories, just a couple. So you probably have some brief long term memories at three. You've talked about it like with your cousins or your dad or whatever, and your dad were like. Oh yeah, yeah. You you could beat. The, he was uh, even at the yeah. age of three. He was already better at that game than me. Like <laughs> such a fucking dad comment to believe that you just kind of brush off because he's a dad enthusiastic. I, I, I went and verified but you be- this. But now, but now you've actually taken this like dumb dad comment and believed it. That's that's what I always think of when <laughs> but you. But the ta- thing is, too, with, with people's memories, is like even if the dad was exaggerating in a bit, you know, going, "Oh yeah, you're great. You beat it." Eventually, after fifteen or twenty years of telling that, that just becomes true to you too. So like, yeah. George probably thinks you beat it, and you never did. I think you've like, bought into the encourage, like you encourage a child to do. Th- oh yeah, you're great at this. Blah, blah blah. Even though kids are terrible at everything, but you just believed it. For some reason, <laughs> and and I and I even remember having my cousins over and getting on a timer, and I could beat that game in under an hour. At three, Donkey still? Kong. I, I'm sure I wasn't at three when I had the timer going. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. So you also have weird stories about how much memory you have at extremely young ages. Like remember, we probably shouldn't get into it. Yeah, I, I remember getting onto an airplane when I was a baby. I remember being carried around in one of those Fucking things with the lies. with the hook, and and, and, I, and I verified it because it's the only plane kettle? that I've been on. And I talked I talked to my parents. They said, "Yeah, that's the only plane we took you on, and we never told you about it." 
and you just happen to remember getting onto that. I don't know. I don't know. Whoa. I don't know where everything, where the details went wrong or right or whatever. But this story is such horseshit. <laughs> that so, that ni- so that was nineteen. I'm sure. I haven't looked it up because I don't care that much. But I am sure the science will, the scientific information about long term and short term memory will back me up on this. Which which one, the airplane one or the, or the that, donkey? That you're, that you're not forming long term memories at one. Long-term memories as in something you've happened at one that you still Something that you now. can still remember right now. Yeah. So how would I remember that? I think you... How rem- would I remember? I think you remember either like a dream or something weird, like something you saw in a movie and you, at a very young age that was like super vague or whatever, you recounted this... I don't know exactly what happened because I wasn't there. You recounted this memory to your parents and they're like, yeah, that's weird. You were on a plane at the age of one, but how could you remember that? But like, I think it's a vague memory you have from a different time and a different thing. I mean, I no. I mean, I asked them what, when, like, two years ago, when I asked them about this plane memory. Like, I never asked so them about you, that. I didn't memories? ask them when I was a kid. I asked them when I was twenty two, twenty three. I was like, hey, like, did you guys ever take me on a plane when I was like a kid, like a like a four person? Yeah, I think you have. A, I think you have a memory of some kind of plane thing that isn't necessarily you being on a plane. Like maybe when you were super young, like two or three or something, you saw like an airplane movie or something, but it's been such a long amount of time that it's just like your long-term memory of something that happened at two or three has been kind of distorted into, yeah, <laughs> I remember being on a plane, even though what actually happened is you were just watching like a movie with a plane on it. You're watching Commando. Yeah, probably. You're I remember old. being carried in. Like I remember what I was like being I said, carried in, like and I, that was right. Like I said, this is such like a, a weird thing. I'm talking about your memories, so it's kind I'm of telling me what and weird. Telling me what I, I, what I, I can't pinpoint it, but yeah, it just smells yeah, like yeah, bullshit. You know, to you, me. you know, I think most people. It's will impossible agree with for me on you this. to remember what happened to you at one, but it's really easy for your best friends to remember what happened to you when you were one. Like I said, right? I'm not going to yeah. recount what exactly you remembered because that would be ridiculous. But just my basic. Yeah. My my extremely basic understanding of how long term and short term memory work and how dumb all all children are, it sounds like horseshit <laughs> to me, and I I won't believe I, so virtually I, any evidence you have. I have of two this. final points about that. My first one is I'm incredulous of your incredulousness. When today we live in an era where you have freaking babies using iPads, like it is not it is not a crazy but thing for kids them. at a very young age to become more proficient than their grandparents. But they don't use they still don't use electric. them well. Like I have a nephew who's four now, like four and a half. Listen, and maybe, he's on and he's on his iPad, and yeah, he can navigate through YouTube, but it's like he's mostly clicking on related links or whatever. Like he like when you talk about beating Donkey Kong Country two, that would be like yeah, he, my nephew can navigate on his iPad through YouTube pretty well because he's clicking on related links. But he's not like typing it out. It's like you're talking about someone who's like extremely proficient at something. Not I'm like, telling oh, you that okay, I was. What, what do you think? I just go around claiming this because I don't think I was proficient. I was very proficient at playing Donkey Kong Country. I think you have some <laughs> distorted memories. And again, I can't say that. I can't go into specifics about it because they're your memories, but they just sound like bullshit. And, and the very and the very last point that I have about it is. At the very latest, just on a logical level, I could have done it at four. When I was at when I was five years old, and sixty four is out. Super Nintendo doesn't matter anymore. I, w- I wasn't getting no freaking Super Nintendo. I believe you played Donkey Kong at three and four, <laughs> and I believe you have I believe you have distorted memories of being yeah. extremely good at it. That was backed up by encouraging dad comments, but I do not Mom. believe that you actually beat it. Well, that sounds like a good a place as any to end so, this episode. <laughs> I, I want to say one thing. Um, David Patrick Kelly, the guy who plays Sully in uh-huh. Commando, he's also in the John Wick movies. 
Is he? Yeah. What is he doing that? I, f- I forgot to mention that he <laughs> he's the cleaner guy. He's the, the head of the janitorial crew that cleans up murder scenes and stuff. Really? That's, That's, That's incredible. Yeah. Oh my god. Coming full circle here. <laughs> I wish I brought this up earlier <laughs> when we could have discussed Make, it longer. Making up my yeah. own circles. Sounds awesome. All right, we gotta we gotta wrap okay, this up. See you guys in two weeks. Um, I guess just final. Go to the website realmoviesrealmen.com. You can vote on your, I guess, vote up the m- movie that you liked. I don't know how this, we, we don't know how this episode will work. It might yeah, I'm not, yeah maybe, maybe we won't have a vote. Maybe we won't add this one to the voting. Uh, but you can vote on older episodes. If we add it, vote down then, because we, we should, want it to be the least hated. I don't think we should add maybe, it. Maybe <laughs> we'll also put a vote on who believes Mueller beat the game when he was three. <laughs> that's a brilliant yeah, idea. Yeah, I guess that's, a, that, that, okay, that's what we'll that's vote That's way on. better. Um, <laughs> leave a comment. Tell us uh, if, you, if any neuroscience or people who know about child development, whether it's possible to remember something. Anyone who has access to quickly old. type it into Google. I, I, we, don't, I, we don't need to. I, I've already searched this. This was a, this Let was a contentious topic. Um, yeah, I think I remember it being in my favor. Yeah, too. I remember we couldn't we couldn't figure it no, out. No, I remember either. it being in my favor. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> the end of the um, no, sorry. The the last thing um, I just want to mention is uh, we're gonna try to get onto iTunes soon. So iTunes has a really crummy way of uh, doing everything. Doing everything. So uh, we're gonna probably have to rally some people. The day that we get up on iTunes, we got to get twenty five reviews. I guess I think you want them to be five stars or something, but I guess I can't force you I to do know. it. I don't go. On so don't we're probably gonna be yeah. assembling some people to uh, do that uh, soon, so that you can actually listen to us on your iPhone, or or you don't have to. I probably well, you probably have to download an extra app on your iPhone to not the default podcast. Possibly, app. yeah. Good yeah. yeah. job, Apple. So um, Thanks, really Apple. annoying, but it's a it's a very um, it's a good opportunity for us to like you get a lot of a lot of free exposure if you get twenty. Reviews in your first day, it's like, well, mm-hmm. that's it, just makes sense to do so. But, um, so get ready for that, idiots. All right, cool. Smell, see you on the morrow, which apparently is an old time.